hey, this is Gordo, and you're listening to those conspiracy guys. And just a couple of quick, real quick, super quick messages before we start the show. Those conspiracy guys, aka me, uh, I'm doing a show in uh, the Sugar Club on the 9th of October. Uh, tickets are available now from Ticketmaster, and there's a link in the description below. If you want to come along, there's only a few little tickets left. It's on this Tuesday, 9th of October, and uh, it's two and a half hours of having the mad crack, talking about conspiracy theories, and uh, looking at the world uh, together in a room, having a debate, aka row. You know, something uh, something akin to last year, but it's just me this time having the crack with you. Uh, on this episode, you're going to hear Julie J and Emma Doran from the Up to 90 podcast. And they also have uh, a live show as part of the Dublin Podcast Festival in the Liberty Hall Theatre on the 12th of October. So you can get your tickets and I'll put the link for that one down below as well if you want to go see the girls. It's really only for people in Ireland. Um, I'm, I'm sorry for everybody else. 9th of October is the TCG show. Tuesday night. What, what else would you be doing? Uh, it's on in the Sugar Club in Dublin City. Now, I do have to say apologies for the super long delay between episodes. I'm really sorry. I have literally been uh, working all of the holes in my body off uh, trying to get all of these episodes in before we move out of this house, we pack up the studio, and we get ready to go to America. So what we've done is there's 31 episodes in the can right now, including almost all of season seven and uh, two dozen uh, true crime episodes. Uh, so you're t- you're, there's going to be another 15 coming over the next month or so uh, before the end of October. And uh, we're recording the shit out of this stuff. It's great crack. All the lads are in. Ed, Emmett, uh, we've got Gary, we've got Neil, we've got uh, Claire's on a couple um we've got Eamon back uh, it's it, great crack loads of really good ones and uh i'm really sorry that it's been so long between episodes i i have to say that this and this is not a usual thing we're not going to be doing these pre-episode shenanigans usually i'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna do this for every episode it's just because you haven't heard from me in so long i need to fill you in on the, sh- on the shit that's going on so super busy times over here i'm doing like back-to-back butt plugs uh loads and loads of work going on here so i'm really sorry that it's not out uh this episode is coming out today uh, the next episode is going to be out next week's on cultural marxism followed by another one the week after benjamin bathurst and hopefully i'll be able to get a good swing at the editing uh to be able to edit up the 45 or so episodes that i will have in the can and we'll be without breaks for the next while uh if you are a gofundme or a patreon subscriber I am fixing up the Discord server to start throwing in stuff for TCG TV and also for those conspiracy guys. So you're getting your perks, you're getting your exclusive videos and all that stuff through Discord. Uh, I'm amalgamating all Discords together. So if you're a, a GoFundMe or a Patreon subscriber and you haven't got those messages yet, please go into the Discord and uh, and join in because that's how you're going to be able to get all the info for when we're on the road, including the vlogs and all that crack. Now, TCG TV, the GoFundMe, I'm not going to go on about it. It's flew over 30 grand. I'm absolutely ecstatic. I have diabetes with happiness, uh, and among other reasons, about that. And I'm just so, so happy. We've got past the phase one goal. It's obviously not the massive amount that we thought, the 60,000. And I, I still hold out hope. I'm going to leave it open there for a while and see what happens. But uh, we're well over phase one. We will be leaving for America a little bit later than expected. It's been, it's been pushing out and pushing out. But I'd rather go late and have all these episodes edited and have a nice production line ready to go when we get out there, people to meet and places to go, then go out there with my dick and my hand and end up then with a, a huge big mess and then running out of money and then coming home early. I'd rather go late and, and come home at the right time 
Um, so thanks so much to everybody who donated that. I was so, so happy. And if you haven't, have a go at that. And there's also a video version available of this show, as are all the shows from now on. And if you want to watch that instead of listening to it, be my guest. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's also on the BitChute channel. So BitChute.com slash those conspiracy guys. And uh, if you want to watch the next 15 or so shows, I think there's like five big ones and 10 true crime episodes over the next three to four weeks. If you want to join them, Patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys. And you'll be able to watch them live streamed. I leave them up for about 24, 48 hours. Uh, so you can get a good go of them. If you're really jonesing for some TCG episodes, I know uh, they have been rare on the ground these days. I'm sorry about that again. And uh, hopefully this will make up for Great Crack, talking about Ted Bundy with Julie and Emma from the Up to 90 podcast. All the links for all that stuff are going to be in the description below. And for now, enjoy the show. Welcome to another Dose Conspiracy, guys. It's been a while, but here's another true crime coming in your ears. This time, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, one of the most prolific, I think, and uh, uh, I guess experimental serial killers of all time. Uh, he was a looker. He was also a skull fucker. And uh, he, he ended up in Old Smokey uh, getting fried for his bad times. This time, we're talking about Ted Bundy and joining me in the hot seats and live streaming on uh, uh, <laughs> on Patreon for the Patreon folks uh, on camera we have uh, Emma and Julie from the Up to Ninety podcast. Hello, ladies. Hello, Corey. Thanks for having us. Good. I, I called We're them girls excited. on a on a on an Instagram story. And when he calls us girls, and they went we girls, go. and they went. <laughs> yeah, it's kind it's of crazy and exciting. I don't I know. Emma would join me in that. But Sorry. Thank you. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Sorry. We'll do it again. Okay. Right. Gorgeous. Say the words. Uh, welcome to the show, girls. Woo! Yeah, see, that's how it works. Yeah. That's how it works. Apparently, you have to call them women or ladies. Um, but I wanted to get a nice, balanced kind of view of Ted Bundy. And uh, it kind of would have been maybe a little bit of a sausage festival if we were all sitting here talking about all the rotten things he did that with women. Without finding out mm. what you guys think about what he did and how he did it. Because there's there's some yeah. subtleties in uh, uh, Ted's actions. And we'll go into that now in a few minutes. But... Uh, like when you guys heard of Ted Bundy first, what did you what did you know before we got into researching for the show? Um, I knew he was a bit of a devil for murdering, yeah, and raping, and um, I knew he was quite clean cut. Yeah, I knew you know I, I knew what he looked like. I'd seen a few seen his picture. I'd seen a few bits and bobs in a mm. minute. Um, it just seemed to be a bit of a devil for killing and raping people, and he blamed. Porn. That's what I knew about him before. Yeah, I was just going to say that's what here. I knew about him. Yeah. That he blamed the L porn. Yeah. Yeah. Natural porn not, killer. Not so. like FHM and stuff. Not like Nuts magazine. No. But then and wasn't he, he was into the majorettes. Wasn't he was. Something he had that's a, not that tickles porn, his though. Few, but well, that was the weird thing. Listen, anything can be porn if you're into it. Right. We were talking earlier on before we started the show about uh, bronies, My Little Pony guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a real thing where guys will watch cartoon, like feminized cartoon horses. But you didn't have to do that for like 15 minutes on the floor. That I, was just but weird. But I had to make it yeah. real because you didn't believe me. And everything. We've all been there. Look, I spent, I spent a fortune on those hooves. They are <laughs> genuine. Honestly, just look, overwhelming, we want to see the podcast, but like, <laughs> Did we need to watch that? 
I don't know. I just, like, I it was know. entertaining in parts. The musical bit at the end like, was cool. It was good cool, for you, Emma. You were the front of the pony. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, they call her Emma Feedback Doran around around the brony the brony scene. Um, so yeah, like uh, you guys knew he was mad for the raping. Yes, that he was weird. Yes, but he was good looking and clean but cut, and he yes. went under the radar. And yes. the women loved him. And the women loved him. And I and wonder, trusted we'll, him. We'll find out later on. We, mm. We'll do a, like a top five uh, sexy murderers, uh, maybe, or something like that. Which oh, you, yeah. Later yeah. on to see who, who, you're, who you're top. Uh, like, if you had to be killed by one of them, who would you ride first? Because, I mean, who, like, you, can't, you wouldn't say no to Ted Bundy because he's a lovely looking man. But we were saying, I don't think he'd be our type, Emma. No. No, he's a little bit. Well, you, we were saying he doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. That's well, he had yeah, it. but if you're looking for a bad boy, he pro- he ticks he all the was, boxes. No, he was good looking. He was good looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. But like classically good. Like I wouldn't look at him and go, oh, do you know I'd be, I would be, I'd probably be, what's the one on Tinder? It's swipe right for like, isn't it? I haven't, I've never been on Tinder. Oh, oh I'd be, I'd Julie, I'm in a relationship. <laughs> I hear that. For six weeks. So, I, I, I forget. 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 No, but I always used to mix it up. That's why you used to go into trouble. And then I would end up being messaged by these absolute trolls. And I'd be like, what the fuck? Just kept getting it wrong. Um, I must be either a bit dyslexic or Down syndrome about those type of things. Who's to say? No, yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Emma. I actually am going <laughs> going out with someone. Quite a coup. Six yes. weeks and counting. Do Emma's going to bring up her 11 year relationship. Do we in give a, a little round of applause? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. This is like a, a, a relationship's anonymous. It's like I've got my five year badge, Emma has her 11 year badge, and you're like, I'm clean six weeks, and we have to give you loads of encouragement. Yeah. Well, or actually, think you, can do, weeks, weeks. you can yeah. do this. You can do this. Yeah. Is that all? Yeah, so I'm still a Two menstrual years. cycles. It feels like forever. Two it, menstrual Emma? cycles. She, can't, she can't. It's like when well, you have a baby. Next month we're it's going out. Forget the pill. Forget the, the, the pill is next month, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, no. I I'd like I'd like to get through festival season with them, and yes. then I'll yeah. be forgetting the pill. Yeah, grand. But it's tradition. I'm You're not supposed to tell anybody until the third month, anyway, aren't you? I'm as surprised as you about this. I don't know how it happened. That's the thing, you see, when women are... are I think I had a tummy bug or something. When women have babies, after the baby, they count their whole life in weeks. Yes. But when they're single for a long time, they're they're counting how long the relationship is in menstrual cycles. Yeah, like we're at two now. Yeah, and, working on the third. Um, I'm still masking the insanity, but there it's are hard. cracks. Yeah, it's hard. Like this weekend, I did tell you that, that yesterday, yes. but it's great to see in such good form. And then I shot him a look and then he explained, oh, because you were just a bit stressed yesterday. And then I shot him another look and he said, oh, because you were just a bit anxious. You were like, so, I was normal. Is anxious, anxious is better than stressed, is it? is a negative word now, to be honest. You could just, like so be triggered by like that. Girl. Oh, me? Worry? This little girl brain? No. <laughs> <laughs> you got the wrong girl, sir. <laughs> we're getting the full insight into what actually you happened now. You got the wrong girl. Passive well, aggressive Judy just stepped up into his face. the fact that I kind of talk in a Southern American accent every now and again? Does that? It seems that, like you might have disassociative identity disorder. It's the bonnet. Disorder. It's when you wear the bonnet. It's just like. Yeah. And the gingham skirt. Yeah. Mm. The bonnet is a giveaway. Yeah. Because. But it, it protects me from the statue it's, it's very Little House on the Prairie. Nobody is buying. Nobody's buying that one. That no. one protects me from the sun. No. It's, <laughs> it, it looks like The Handmaid's Tale. I know, but really. that's only when I wear it with red. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't. Yeah. That's you know? that's where I'm going wrong, Gordy. You're right. Blessed, are, blessed is the fruit. Thank God so, I came on this for fashion advice. If you're <laughs> <laughs> No sir From from me in my in my figure hugging t shirt, I'm giving fashion advice. But if it's uh, if it's one of those things where um 
like the murderer was good looking you could kind of we're going to talk about it in detail now but you yeah. could kind of understand like he was super charming yes i read before i went deep in research that he was super charming he had like great patter i'm talking about like do you know he 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 had game yeah do you know he was able to reel them in and like right now you two were two grown-ass women if a good-looking guy came up to you i know you're both going out with someone especially you julie but uh, if, if a good-looking guy <laughs> in two Sorry. months time she listened back to this it's show and seven cried. weeks it's actually seven weeks <laughs> she now, just got just, the notification yeah. for if, if a good-looking guy came up to you and like you didn't know him and he was like hey you know can you help me with this box and yes. then go over to my car like w- would you be bothered would you be like mm. well can i just say something because we'd be all if being a conditioned man is asking me for help with the box I'm yeah, like, but this the thing. He, has the, he was the showing up with a cast, or he had like a crutches and stuff like that. Wouldn't you think like, oh, I can help him, and then he'll owe me something? And he doesn't look, uh, like he doesn't look physically menacing. No, he was slight. He was a small. He doesn't dude, look, you know, you know dangerous. Small, small dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So if I'm, you know, walking down the street and I see some fella, I see him from a distance struggling with something to get in a boot. Yeah, like his emotional, a, like intelligence or whatever. <laughs> and he's got a like, sling oh. or something. And he just, you know, if I've been having a good day and he says to me that, you know, cause sorry, could you just help me with this? I could end up saying. But would you, would you do it like, <laughs> sure, me? Sure. Like, would you, it was, the, the story has been told that Ted, like, sexually, uh, entice these women into com- right. into his company and then while in that compromised position then he just bop him on the head with a crowbar and go to town do you know like it seems yes. it seems his charm and his good looks were well, part you, of well, were you part like of to the think allure. that it wouldn't affect you but if you're being honest about it of course we can Look, all succumb yeah. to charm because if that guy was like a fat weird creeper or he looked like ed kemper or he looked like someone you know like jimmy savile and he was all like all right love will you help me with this box like you're going to be like actually he just looked all american didn't he so i mean i suppose it's yeah no it is interesting because ultimately i do think like we kind of do respond to good-looking people don't we do isn't it you go into a bar and the good-looking bar man is having a bit of a what you would deem a cheeky flirt and you go into a bar and a guy who might not look like that says or does the same thing and you think what a creep, creep. you're exactly. like I'm going to get this lad fired and the He's only a creepy difference fuck. is exactly. and look, like I'm so sorry about that time that I got you fired for the creepy comment by That's the way okay. in the bar like, I'm honestly, doing this podcast now for my just, job <laughs> it's still I just <laughs> make me so sad I, honestly initially I thought it was because you wanted you were playing the long game and you wanted to be you wanted me to be like financially destitute so I'd have to rely on you and your your own salary and you were going to take care of me but like it didn't work that way i know but we said, but it we, didn't we, said me into we doing this seven weeks we wouldn't do it seven weeks fred fred got more but i think it's oh, i think as well i kind of have this thing about beards i know now um the boyfriend has a beard at the moment i kind of think i think clean shaven i don't think serial killer am i totally wrong there there is a psychological um i guess what, what would you say like a psychological phenomenon where right. people actually mistrust people with beards that's what i because mean because it's hiding your face and it's supposed to be like um like distrust and dishonesty that you're mm. hiding something because you're not showing your full face and uh, just coincidentally it happens to be with a beard and the glasses happens to be the facial uniform of a pedophile like that's just in the zeitgeist right. people yes. would look like creepy like kind of half santy looking guy with an unkempt beard and like weird bottle bottly sunglasses well, do, you know? do you know what a guy called jeffrey Dahmer or whatever a guy called to my door the other day he was doing one of these red sea surveys 
And uh, he's like, does stuff float in it or not? And you were like, I don't know, I've never been there. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. And he, but he said, can I step into the porch? And I was like, this guy was really charming, looked really, really nice. What? I had, had a crowbar hanging I'd in his jacket. Yeah. He was really charming, blah, blah, blah. Was um, having a little bit of banter. But I trusted him because he was black. Because I said, there's very few black serial killers. I think I'm okay. I think the ones that are black have never been caught. I think they're the best ones. Oh, um, good. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. We, need, we need representation in the city serial killer community. So I should cancel that like, thing now. Like, though. equality mm. for serial killers. Right. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, he was really charming. And then after he left, I was like, why the hell did I have him standing in my but porch? But you see, you know what? Because it's only Like, after. he had the ID. Like, it yeah, wasn't in my house. You, why would you not? Do you know what? Because it's, I was just in the house on my own. If he wanted to come into that house and overpower me and do at, something. A, a, a front door is a social contract between you and the outside world. If anybody ever, anytime, wanted to come in through that door, they don't have to ring the doorbell and pretend to be somebody and have a thing. They just fucking catch the handle and heave the door in, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? Like a social contract with you and the people outside is that if you do that, it's classes breaking and entering so people don't do it. It could happen at any time. Do you know what I mean? And if you're safe in the notion so of that, then... So my little shitty but chain sorry, isn't protected. But if a <laughs> like, guy that's all says it is, to me, you know? can I step into your porch? I'd be like, can you what? Call the guards. No, I mean an actual porch. I'm, that's not a it euphemism. It wasn't a euphemism. I was, yeah. I'm thinking euphemism. Like, can you help no. me with this box? Like, there's so many red flags. That but he did, I, if he wasn't good looking and charming, I would have just said, oh, I haven't got time. But you see, what I think is... I'm just being honest what, about yeah, that. Okay, so let's go deeper into that then for the Ted Bundy's sake. Yeah. Like, what was... Uh, somewhere inside you, maybe it was like a reptilian brain, maybe it was a biological thing where you're like... He's very good looking and strong and on the off chance that something does happen, like he'll give me good, strong children somewhere deep down. That's you know why people respond to good looking people. Do you know what people. it was? I wanted to help him because I was like, oh, this is honestly what was going through my mind because I was like, that is such a shit job calling door to door doing a survey for yeah. 10 minutes. I'm always very polite to those people too because I'm like, like, you must have a I shit wanna time. I want to I help this guy out. Mm. Now, did I feel I wanted to help him out because he was attractive? Probably. Mm. Do I want to help ugly people well, as much? Wanted, no. You probably want to But I think that was time. biological, like it wasn't But that's a what I mean. I think good, good looking people get, get away with a lot oh, more. Oh, so much. Definitely, yeah. So yeah. Much so. yeah. Like, I, I, my life is so easy. I yeah. mean... Do you know what I'm saying? We can only and charm, charm really goes a long way, coupled with just natural yeah. aesthetic symmetry. Yeah. I think, it's all I about think, symmetry. I think that, like, you know, there are situations where um, I can even remember, remember being in a Tunisian carpet shop about 10 years ago. And this really good looking guy, like, you think back now, this really good looking guy, like, we were on holidays. Mm. So we were students. So neither myself nor my cousin owned a home. And this really gorgeous guy managed to convince us to go into this carpet shop and traipse four levels up to look at carpets. And then he called his mates in and we were all looking at the carpets. And you think to yourself, this could have gone pretty wrong. Yeah. But the re- but it's only after the even had the carpets fact. to roll you up in afterwards <laughs> and everything. It's only it's after that. Like, Marie was genuinely like, maybe we do need a carpet. Like, you know, like as in, <laughs> honestly. Maybe we should get five. I could just see her at the Ryanair check-in desk just going, you know, he was very good looking. I couldn't say no. Can this go on as carry on? But I do think, I think it's Some a combo. To I think if they're good looking, I mean, also, like, I think if they're good looking, but also there's that charm that transcends looks as well that you can and get away with what? so much. So maybe Ted and you know what? had both. There's fellas that aren't traditionally good looking and they spend their entire time 
figuring out that charm and making their personality better so that when you get to a certain age when looks are not that important yeah they've got the gold then because you oh, can't you can't buy that shit and the other thing then is if you need to to get if you need desperately to get something out of some so like say with the hitchhikers i remember when i was 15 i was with uh this guy like there was a group of us and we wanted to get drink we wanted to get alcohol and we couldn't get it and we saw this guy and we're like could you go to the off license for us and buy us drink and he was like, yeah, no problem. He's like, you're just hopping my car. I'm just going over oh, there now. Oh, Christ. Now, this is like, I'm talking 100 yards. Because I like, should yeah, get in my car. 100 yards, but, that's going to make you yeah. made a statistic. But we got in the car. I'm in the backseat with the my friend, Colin, and he goes into the off license. And we just like exploded in our seats. We're like, what the fuck are we doing in this car? What? What are we doing? But we wanted the drink so bad. And we're like, he seems okay. And our this theory was... This like the start of like a lifetime movie, daytime movie or something. Like, I know, real shit. That bad. She wanted the drink so our badly. Our theory was... Oh, did you just steal that <laughs> Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Nothing will stop her. That's the weirdest. That's so amazing. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. That's unbelievable. In a small town in Ireland. Shut up. A young girl... Shut up. I want to do the voiceover for my life every day. This summer. That's unbelievable. Do one for Judy's relationship. Do you know what? I mean. Week one. I just, I mean, honestly. Because actually, Gordo does remind me of Fred a little bit. But he reminds you of Fred. I'll just give you guys some room. No, honestly. You know, even looks wise. Has anyone ever said that to you? No. (laughs) Fred's my Fred's my boyfriend. I don't know if I mentioned, but I actually have a boyfriend. Seven I, weeks. I, you know what? I I would I would love to be compared to Fred. Oh, can we say his surname? Yeah, of course. Cook. Fred Cook, amazing comedian. <laughs> if you if you like laughing, find this man no, but somewhere in life. Very charming. Ultimate, ultimately talented. But even yes. looks wise, I think like personality wise and looks wise, I think you're not dissimilar. And all people have definitely said it that to you. Have no, they? never, never. Shut up. I think it's the gulf of talent. Like this man can play two two recorders with his nostrils at the same time and have a harmony to honestly, any song the crowd calls out. Have you ever seen him do that? No. That's fucking amazing. Yuri, honestly, have you seen it? I I've heard about it. I haven't seen it, but I have heard okay. about it. Um, but honestly, I think looks. Would you not think he looks like Fred? No. Have I? Do you want? Am I just? Oh, I think really, you're delirious. Now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think no, but the, I said I said it to Fred. The pills are kicking in. Yeah, he's though. gone back to London. She's getting the horn. She's like, yeah. you look like Fred. Honestly, she I was, said it she to was Fred. talking to to a picture of Padre Pio in the hall, just going, "Oh my God, you look just like Fred." Are you holding too? the hands no, and I, everything? Okay, Padre. we're gonna we'll be at the moment because <laughs> Fred has a beard, but I honestly think you look like Fred. And that's any it. any but any man with a beard is gonna get if you. Yeah, it probably is actually it bad. Is, to say yeah, it's pretty like bad. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> like that's made you creeping on. You kind of look like my boyfriend. Do you I'm know that? I'm just thinking. Imagine if he said that to someone. But I actually, Hashtag I think me that's too. nice because I'd be like, oh, he's, you know. So if a guy said that to you, <clears throat> my girlfriend's gone away. You look really like her. <laughs> Do you not think? Okay, has stop. no one ever said that to you? That would be great. Okay, that bit is for Patreon. Or okay. I'm, glad, I'm glad you're in between us. Okay, so so anyway, moving we're, on. We're just talking about how Ted can use charm to make people feel uncomfortable. No, make people feel comfortable enough to help yes. them, and then like be off their guard enough to not recognise he's taking out a crowbar and bopping him but on the head. call centre skills 101. Yeah. Isn't it? It's super, it's super cold sales. Like, and he yes. is 
one of the most prolific uh, uh, um, murderers we think of all time. Uh, he has 36 murders on the books. So they're definites. Uh, definites. 22 right. were uh, convicted and they, they suspect up to 100 because he was, really? yeah, he was no. asking, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was asking for extra time. Him in America, he's probably the most prolific serial killer. We did an episode on Andre Chikatilo, which is the Russian version, I think, of of Ted Bundy. Okay. So Chikatilo, for those that don't know, are, are the two girls here that don't know. This guy was called. What part of our faces staring blankly, jaws agape. <laughs> told you we do not know who this man is I, I i doubt you've even heard of him though because no. he was he was one of russia's only uh, serial killers and he he transcended the soviet into the um independent russia why have we not heard of him because it's russian i guess mm, you nice, know? Okay. so this I guy love the stuff we consume about serial killers would be american all american yeah. or british yeah. yeah so yeah andrew chikatilo like he went all over the country and he had a job like traveling from place to place so he was going from place to place doing rapes and murders and doing all that kind of crack and because the there wasn't a great communication service between all of the um russian authorities they could never pin it on him and he had no like modus operandi there was no set uh, kind of motive mm. it was just random indiscriminate like chokings and, and he used to get like sexual release from from killing people and you can go and listen to that on our episode uh, from a while year, ago what year what was that from yeah. the 70s right up until the 90s and he, oh, was, okay. he was arrested in the very early 90s as soon as russia became russia and it wasn't the soviet union anymore ted similarly operated they think all through the late 60s into the 70s was prolific in the mid 70s and um ended up getting uh, uh, arrested in the very early 80s yeah so similar kind of very late 70s yeah Yeah, i mean he he, like same shit traveling all over and And was his approach similar to ted bundy like sim like uh, no because chikatilo had that whole weird glasses thing he wasn't you know uh, the mode the mode wasn't the same way of getting these Mm. victims but it's just like uh, law you watch Mindhunter do you ever watch Mindhunter it's uh, yeah, the Netflix yeah, thing yeah. about Ted Kaczynski so like those guys were putting together profiles only beginning in the start the start of the 70s they were mm. putting that kind of investigative uh, uh, evidence based investigations together they weren't doing that before mm. like criminology and all of that yes. science was only being created then so Ted Bundy was like before the watershed and people were going okay, like what the fuck yeah, is this you know course. what I mean like it's it's such an enigma and you can only get those real classics like those classic serial killers who did the most amount of stuff back in those times because now you do like t- two crimes and someone I get there's always like someone investigating there's a bit of cum somewhere that's going to get you even if yes. you came or not some part of your sperm is somewhere or they'll get like you know a, a contact dna from the time when you, you like you sneezed and something went on a mirror and they found like a tiny globule of this thing and you're fucking done then you csi see, like and you know um forensic files they always seem there seems to be this always this big thing about paint a speck of paint yeah is on someone's clothes and then they test that and it's you know it's been painted over it's six su- times such a certain model of dulux yes. like ab184 or something it's absolutely it. insane but yeah. sure look at that's why it, it that as well in itself and that's a t- totally other show for those conspiracy guys that is propaganda to make people think that if i do a crime i'm definitely going to be caught yeah i don't know if they have the the genuine skill sci- and scientific uh, capabilities to be able to prove Wouldn't that say stuff they have it in ireland anyway i don't know they have lads in white coats and they put up tents and they to go around yeah. the place but who knows what's in them tents they could be Can't like Jeez, that's an awful lot of coat. blood pj he that's an awful lot of blood. You, watch, you watch the staircase 
and not yet. Oh, don't oh. do I any it, spoilers. I it's very I've slow. watched the first couple. Slow, but then I watched I watched the forensic file program on it and it was very interesting mm. to see that kind of as you say how it operates. Like, yes. To like, see that, to yeah. watch that after the show. But it was very interesting. The way they put Bundy together was more of a kind of a profile. So this um, the f- was this kind of the first time they were building a profile about... Or was that Ted Kaczynski? Ted Kaczynski was the first time they b- built a profile uh, with the FBI, but like Bundy was part of that program, same as right. Ed Kemper. And they were talking to uh, uh, murderers. And with Bundy, as we'll talk about later on, he actually did interviews before he was killed that gave them huge insight into the psychopathic mind and into the mind of a serial murderer. Mm. You know? But before we get into all that fun stuff, uh, I just want to tell you guys about uh, a little trip that I'm doing with Claire uh, at the start of November where we're heading to America for as long as the money will last eight, nine months we'll be back we'll be back next summer we're heading at the start of November and there's a GoFundMe up there GoFundMe.com slash TCGTV where you can go and you can donate a fiver if you like this show you know it's like buying me a coffee or a pint and I get loads of offers for that but I don't drink and uh, I'm off the coffee because it gives me sore poops so if you want to give me a fiver it does give me sore poops but she knows ball it up (laughs) And just throw it up the internet. You can get at me on, on PayPal. There's a paypal.me slash those conspiracy guys. Or there's a gofundme.com slash TCGTV. And you'll be helping me make 12 feature length documentaries. I know it sounds like a lot. I'm a legend. I can do it. 12 feature length, feature length documentaries. Uh, a daily vlog. And then you're going to be getting access to the documentaries when they're made before anybody else gets them. And you'll also uh, get access to a, a lot of secret videos and private stuff on Instagram. There's a private TCG TV Instagram uh, where we'll be taking pictures and video from the road. So if you want to help me out, that'd be class. I love you forever. If not, you can still enjoy the shows for free. No hassle in the castle. We also have a Patreon. So uh, Patreon is like a crowdfunding app. Uh, Patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys. It helps keep the lights on over here. And it's basically uh, my salary. And I'm really, I feel really privileged. We were talking about it earlier on with the girls. Uh, you didn't do the woo. We were talking about it earlier on with the girls. About how Patreon is uh, uh, like a lifeline for some of these uh, creators. And uh, it's definitely been like a privilege of mine to be able to call this my full-time job. And uh, you guys are the ones that are helping doing that. So there's 600 absolute ledge bags out there uh, throwing dollars uh, at me to keep this uh, to keep the show on the road. And it means that we can have cameras to do live streaming as we're doing for Patreon now. So if you want to get on Patreon, you get access to... Uh, we don't our- come for free. No. <laughs> we get access to... Uh, you pay for myself. To early this videos. That's the bonus. The bonus coming out again. We got a uh, we got uh, uh, early access to, to YouTube videos. You get vlogs from the episodes. Uh, you get access to these live streams that you probably can't see unless you're a Patreon. And you get outtakes from all the shows. So we were rabbiting on there before uh, we started this for like half an hour, and that's all good crack. You can get all of that access pretty good on crack. Patreon. A uh, lot of uh, lot of syndromes being talked about. But Patreon.com, Lifeblood of the Show, I really appreciate if you head over there. And if you want to contact the show for any corrections or any kind of this stuff, info at those conspiracy guys, the email. We're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. We have a subreddit. And anywhere else you find social media, we're probably on that motherfucker right there. You can get all the stuff on our website, thoseconspiracyguys.com. And uh, there's also a YouTube channel with all the videos that YouTube allows us to put up there. Uh, and then BitChute are the guys that have all the good documentaries that YouTube don't allow anymore because, I don't know, 
George Soros or some shit like that, I suppose. And there's also a sister podcast to those conspiracy guys called Why Press Play, where I talk about movies, TV shows, and video games, and have the crack with mates of mine from uh, the comedy community here in Dublin and around the world. So if you want to go check that out, Why Press Play on all of the social media and uh, on iTunes and wherever you get podcasts. So, uh, girls, you have a... I said girls... <laughs> you have you said a really bad press there, Julie. Oh, uh, sorry. You have <laughs> need to be better. We're becoming immune <laughs> to it now. Better. We're becoming conditioned to girls now. That's yeah. yeah, just the patriarchy. So you guys have a, an awesome podcast called Up to Ninety. Tell me more. It's pretty yes. awesome. Tell me more. So it's a podcast about everything and anything. Nineties. Who would have guessed? Nineties, 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 nineties. Unbelievable. Up to ninety, 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 ninety. Would. Julie and Emma, Emma, Emma. Isn't that so, so good? good. Yes, we're going to do that. Um, yeah, That's no, so it, it's it's a bit of crack if you want to check that out. Obviously, well, I don't know why I say obviously, but we are, it is a comedy podcast. Yes. yes. We are female comics, believe it or not, despite my masculine jawline. <laughs> I was born female. And the Mini facial. driver, uh, mini driver the made a career hair. out of it. Come on, man. You promised. You promised that wouldn't show up against the green screen. The, cam- can, the camera's not so good enough to strong. pick it up. No, it's okay. <laughs> oh, no, okay. It's okay. Some you're guys cool. are into that. Um, but yeah, yeah, so it is a comedy podcast and we talk about a lot of stuff. We, so we've got some Wayne Bobbitt. Lorena Bobbitt. Do you know that one? The Mickey Chopper. Yeah, yeah we Mickey loved Chopper. that one, didn't we? We loved that one so much. That's, a, that's a smash the patriarchy kind of uh, topic. Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Oh, that's, that's a conspiracy. I love that shit. Oh. oh, she faked her dates. Totally faked her dates, man. Stop. Oh, is yes. anyone dead? Uh, Tupac? They're all alive in our heart. Tupac is definitely alive. I know. Come on. Robbie Williams did an interview last week Look, where he said I he was... hung out with him at the at the Versace party in 1996, two years after he was supposed to be dead. Come on, man. Tupac is alive. She's still releasing music. Left Eye Lopez, okay, definitely stop. alive. What do you mean he's still releasing no. music, Tupac? <laughs> Okay, I have I not seen a new you. CD. I will support <laughs> you with these conspiracy theories, but you cannot tell me Tupac is alive. If there's a six-hour episode on Tupac and Biggie Smalls, and it details everything uh, to do with that case, and I'll send it, I'll send you a link, and you can. Shanti, okay, I'm gonna look that up. And are you Lisa Left Eye Lopez faked her death? She did a whole video series where she was out in the jungle doing all the all the yoga yeah. and stuff like that, and then she filmed like she was live streaming when she crashed the fucking car. Come on, yeah. come on! That's total fake propaganda. Because she wanted to get away from the, the you know, she wanted to go the chase. Some, she wanted to go chase the some waterfalls. Yeah. Away from the scrubs, man. That's the whole but thing. What about her? She was still with her fella when she died. She still thinks that seven weeks in, she's like, oh my fella, I'd never leave him. She's gone. New life. Those golden, golden eyes. So Plenty of fellas. Yeah. Golden eyes. But honestly, talk to me in fourteen so your weeks. About 90 oh, stuff. Yeah, it's about so, and you, we're in, uh, and you're both comedians in Dublin, we're both operating comedians on stage, in Dublin, doing yeah. some shit for the girls. Yeah, we're yeah. pretty, um, we're pretty good, aren't we? We're it's, the best. We're two female comedians. Funny. Well, we are. Like, listen, Dublin if you 16. like dry, irreverent wit, that's us. Yeah, you know, we're kind of, we're very much kind of real talk. Jokes I about, I don't know, hit and runs. Uh, you love your hit and run jokes. I do, yeah. Um, anal sex. Yeah. Tampons. What's your what, What's your nice joke that you have? Oh, hit me up. Well, your nice me... anal joke. No, we can't. Oh, a, a ring for a ring. Yeah. Oh yeah, you don't. That's the punchline. Yeah, yeah, you don't give it away. 
Oh, sorry. Okay, done. Okay. No, I mean, you don't give away your anal virginity until you got something. To yeah, yes. you've got to put a ring on it. A yeah. ring for yeah. a ring. You know, that's Years ago, the Catholics made us feel so guilty that I'm, we wouldn't even have vaginal sex. And now you're like, well, you can't really get away with that, but you can keep something for your, for your husband. I'm yes. traditional girl. Traditional Catholics values. invented anal sex, I'm pretty um, sure. I do have another good one about cats and the breastfeeding. Oh, yeah. Um, I have two. I don't have any kids. Don't have any kids. Mm. I do have uh, two little cats, and I love those little cats so much. And I like to call them my babies because mm. they are my babies. And then Emma likes to remind me. She's like, "Julie, look about the cats. I get that you love the cats, but the cats are not your babies." And I'm like, Emma, they're not my babies. Then why am I breastfeeding them? Yeah. I but they do, away, they do the little the push thing. They do this, and it's Aww, nice to get the massage. Yeah. They're so gentle. Who doesn't love an old gland massage? Yeah. But your podcast deals with uh, a lot of kind of, uh, I would call them the nostalgia wank. And I think yes. the 90s, 80s has been mined clean yes. like a Serbian silver mine and just been blown out, gaping, and left wanting. Uh, the 90s are, f- are like a fresh forest yeah, with fruits ready to be picked. And yes. keeps on And giving. we're totally looking back at it now as adults with new eyes because the 90s for us, it was kind of where we were kids and we came into our teens and we started the doing our little... years. Yes. Yeah. And we are part of a generation, I've talked about on the show before, we're part of a generation called Xennials, which is gener- between Generation X and Millennials. Ooh. Yes. Anywhere between the ages of uh, 33 and 37 or 38 is that is that group. Um, anyone under 33 is, uh, and that's 33 for the Americans, anyone under 33 is part of millennial generation and anyone above that up to 38. You mean I missed out on being a millennial by one fucking year? Possibly. You could still have shades of millennialism. You just want to oh, check yourself. Like, I mean, do you, like, do you like avocados? She does. I mean, I'm fond of navel gazing. Do you avocados buy... and blaming everything on my parents? Yeah, you've, so... yeah you do have a touch of millennialism well, there. I wouldn't mind an exennial, so technically I'm an exennial. An is a person who has had a, uh, a an analog childhood and a digital adulthood. Yes. So if you grew up having to get up off the sofa to push in the button to change the channel. You're probably an exennial. That was my life. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the Up to 90 podcast. If you want to check out the the the, uh, the 90s nostalgia wank that is Up to 90. Yeah. And uh, loads more to, to, to come from you guys, including maybe some live shows and uh, yes. some live streaming. And that's we're, happening. We're up so, in the yes. game. We're yes. representing yes. Irish podcasting over this motherfucker. Absolutely. So, uh, and also if you want to check out the girls, if you're uh, if you're a, a, an Irish comedy fan, uh, they're gigging all over the town if you live in Dublin or indeed uh, uh, London and Edinburgh. I suppose, I suppose you'll be making it's a happening. dalliance to Edinburgh Festival, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll see, yeah. what, we'll see what happens. Over for the first couple of weeks. So back into uh, Ted Bundy. Uh, back to the Bundy. Theodore Ted Bundy. He was born Theodore Cowell on the 24th of November 1946 in Vermont in the Northeast. And uh, he was born, in, I guess, in like tragic circumstances. It was it was a little bit like you'd watch the documentaries and it, it, it kind of glosses over this. Yeah. Yes. So there's four different documentaries on Ted Bundy. One of them is on his like his biopic that was just basically here's the details of his life. One is the gr- gruesome details of the murder, uh, the murders and the victims. Uh, one is how he basically used porn as his scapegoat and mm. as like religious, I guess, a uh, uh, pearl clutching, you know. Uh, uh, conservative worry uh, about what porn is doing Mm. to America and then the other one is him giving all of these uh, kind of pre-execution confessions Mm. to a group of guys and we're going to talk about them now like nobody really goes into 
the motivations behind Ted in the first place. And I and in my research, I could find two things that I thought would definitely drive a lad to fuck some shit up. Yeah. Right? So poor old Ted, his his mother had him out of wedlock, right? And he was raised thinking that his mother was his sister and that his yes. grandparents were his parents. Yeah. Now that has happened in loads of families. Mm. Do you know, um, it's not totally untoward. It's not something that would fuck anybody up. I guess it'd be a bit weird to find out that your your sister was actually your ma. But I mean, when it happened in East Enders to, to, to Kat, uh, I didn't You're really. Not my mom. Yeah, I didn't really. It, <gasps> yes, I am. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't like shake me to my core or anything. No. But I could. I could see if uh, you were told. Like, did you ever watch the world according to Garp? With Robin no. Williams. So uh, Robin Williams. Not sure. Ha- had uh, it's a book as well, and uh, Robin Williams um, was basically told like your father was this and your father was that and your father was this and made up all of these different kind of lies and the kid was like my father was a spaceman he was a sailor and he was a so so poor old ted bundy's ma was telling him ted cowell at the time was telling him this the whole time like your dad was a sailor he was this he was that eventually when she got married to uh, uh, uh an army officer called bundy and changed ted's name and mm. all this kind of stuff uh ted found out that it was actually his grandfather. Was that confirmed? Not confirmed, but like highly suspected. And now what age was what age was um his mother when she gave birth? Uh in her late teens. Okay. So you're talking about teenage mother I guess sexually sexually abused by her own father. Born, born, born a child who was then raised as a sibling by those. Like she was young enough to pass as the sister. Do you know what I mean? Yes. But then, but then, so he was raised by his, his grandparents. Yeah. Who would have raped his mother? Yeah. Okay, it's not ideal. It's, it's not really, a great you know. nurturing uh, environment. You it would drive somebody to to mm. to have some strange weird thoughts. You right? wouldn't like on their Christmas card. You wouldn't kind of. And how's Ted getting on? You just say. Best look for the new year. Yeah. yeah. You know, you wouldn't ask questions. You wouldn't be asking, uh, it's of, you know, you know, you're, um, you know, you've got serious mental health problems when like me, you have um, on multiple occasions received <laughs> birthday cards and people have written wishing you a peaceful year. Oh, Christ. <laughs> That's when you're like, oh, I've got some shit that I need to sort out. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But you're yes. right. I think that's what you'd write on the Bundy family. Well, not the Bundy. But what was his? What was his? Cowell. Cowell. But that's okay, the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. He 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 was born Ted Cowell, and he ended up moving away. The the mother, because of the abuse, moved away to another town. Uh, moved in with her uncle, changed his name from uh, the the Cowell name, which is the family name, to the uncle's name, which is a different. But but she didn't want any kind of weird connotations when he was going to school in that area. Yeah. Because the young girl living with the uncle has the same name. She ended up meeting uh, 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 Bundy, her, her 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 husband, Johnny Bundy, and they got married. And he took Bundy's she, like Ted took Bundy's name straight away as well as her. And then when he was going into school, he was like a shy kid. He was getting kind of teased and bullied, and he had this like personality change around the kick in of puberty. Nice. And he he went real dark and it was real like introvert. And a lot of teenagers that happens to like you get your hormones and you're all like, what am I for? Like, what's my life? Mm. Stuff is not fair. Yeah. Mm. And at about 14, like the fairness thing kicks in. So you mm. have like, it's not fair. 
that that took Ted over. Mm. Also, his sexual awakening because of whatever was going on, and who knows, maybe the granddad had a fucking you know a nighttime dalliance with the young Ted in the in the cot or you know in the spare bed. If you're living in an abusive house, and your father is like raping your raping his daughter enough to make her pregnant, and then going, oh well, we might as well keep it. Like there would be suspicions of further abuse if that's mm. happening already. That's not right. just like one time I came home drunk for a 4th of July party and I raped my daughter and I got her pregnant. Like the one time, it seems to be a kind of a systematic type of thing, right? That mm. wouldn't be something that just happens once. Mm. No, it wouldn't be out of the blue. Mm. So Bundy was very uh, like disinterested in so, uh, socializing, but yet was very good socially, even though he was shy. He was into politics and he read a lot. So mm. like super intelligent guy. How did he get on with the stepfather and stuff? Like, because he did say in interviews, that interview, I watched that one where, uh, the interview before the execution, he yes. did say, I had a wonderful fam- family Yeah, life. and it was I'm all very, very supportive. His his stepfather was super supportive. But one of the things that he found out about his stepfather was that uh, he had a massive porn collection and got oh. exposed to that at a very young age. Right. So he was mad for the porn. I mean, that's what he said at before his death. And I'll talk about what I think about oh, how yeah, he did okay. that later on. Yeah, yeah. But he was exposed to some certain things that maybe he shouldn't have. But all in all, apart from the whole granddad rape and the man, the, <laughs> maybe possibly him as well. Like his childhood was like reasonably decent after okay. she got married to uh, mm. to Johnny Bundy. You know, so um, they he, he, he ended up going to college. Uh, he he was very intelligent. Ended up going to uh, 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 like a bunch of different a bunch of different schools. He ended up studying politics, and basically he had a late teens, early twenties penchant for like f- like furious masturbation and um, peep- peeping tomery. I heard about the peeping tomery. Yeah. yeah. So f- furious masturbation is that the speed at which one masturbates or the frequency? Both. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have a furious one now and again. Right. Yeah. If you just feel like you need a good... Just housekeeping. Good punishment, yeah. a good clean out. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, but you wouldn't want to go too hard. Often. Okay, good to know. Do you know? Thank you, Gordon. But it was the experimental kind of sexual adventurousness. And we've seen this in, in guys before, like Chikatilo, like Joseph Fritzel. These guys that are taken like a voyeuristic, uh, kind of a um, an, un, an unknown victim. Like they're getting the gratification of of sexually intruding on someone without their knowledge, and it's a small step from from looking in somebody's window and pulling yourself off into their bushes outside their house to going into the room and actually doing something. And well, it's totally objectifying someone. Yeah, without their knowledge as well, and it's so. completely unwanted because it's yeah. not you know there's no engagement whatsoever. Yeah. So from that dissociative point of view was Fritz the peeper peeper he started off as a peeper yeah around the town of Linz in Austria and his wife even knew that he he was married at the time and he'd cycle around and fucking pull himself off into the bushes outside of people's houses and he got caught a bunch of times and his wife knew that he was doing that and still she did not know so she was like oh at least he's not into golf yeah yeah at least he's home at night (laughs) yeah do you know at least yeah it's fucking weird but you know when we were younger I don't know if you had this I was saying this to somebody the other day you would see flashers. Yeah, would you? I've bit. never seen a yeah. flasher. Uh, they would, particularly between the ages of like 13 to like 15, 16. Christ. But, uh, seriously? Oh, seriously, yeah. But the, 
Did you get this when you were younger? Like I would have, I would have. Oh, yeah. Well, spot, I would have seen a couple of flashers. Were, yeah, but yeah. The, the the whole line that we were always told about flashes was they're harmless. Right. But like now, when you think That's about it, true. That's what we were told, wasn't it? Mm. Don't worry about it. They're harmless. But now, when you look at it, it's like what? The fuck? It's only one step towards like yes. actually doing something with it. I remember. Um, Can you tell a flasher story? Is that too traumatic? I have loads of flasher fuck stories. Fuck off, man! Really? How many do you want? I remember. I can tell you a really bad story, and I do not come off well in this, but it's the truth. Do you well, want to hear well, this? You can't not to tell that. You can't. Okay. I mean, yeah, imagine if on. I said, "Am I prefer you didn't?" Okay. <laughs> This Sorry, is bad, no, but this is my truth. I have to share it, okay? So I'm 16 and I'm walking to school and I'm late, like really late. And at the time I was a smoker. Okay. And I was, I was quite into cigarettes and I didn't have You're any cigarettes. You're not coming off well here. No, I didn't have any cigarettes and I was late and I was like really stressed about being late. And I was like, God, I'm not even going to get to have a cigarette before I go into school. This is crazy. And I'm walking through the boys school, which is just beside my school. And there's football pitches and bushes. And I see someone in the distance having a cigarette like oh perfect and I shout over to them I can't really see them but I'm just like sorry do you have a cigarette and they shout back yeah no problem great I'll have a quick cigarette and then head into school this will be fine and I kind of have my head down I'm jogging over and as I get closer I realize oh my god this guy has his penis in his hand did he have it in his hand from the start though no well, I couldn't see, but no I don't think so see because that could be a situation where you just interrupted him having like like a fag wank. But this wasn't like Maybe in he a was bush. Like, I'd say he saw Emma's schoolgirl running over and he just whipped got it out real quick. Say, so yeah. I, when I got over to him, he had his penis in his hand and he was like, not ferocious masturbation, but um, like, like an, an old friend kind of thing. Exactly. Right, just right. a gentle yeah. caress. Like a royal handshake. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, he had like a real, uh, really happy with himself, like a big, big grin in his face. And he said to me, and I was like, and this wasn't the first flasher I'd seen. I was kind of like old. You had flasher fatigue. Yeah. I was like, another one. Yeah. And um, he said to me, oh, I don't. He's just standing there like grinning, like maniac. In a, in a boy's schoolyard. Yeah, like the secondary boys school. So like there's football was pitches. He a, was he a member of the school? Or he was he just quite young. Dude? Like he was about, I would have guessed about 20. Christ. Like he wasn't, because any of the flashes well, I've seen have always been quite young. They're not you, old. Did you know that 85% of pedophiles are under the age of 25? I did not know that. Yeah. That the creepy old man kind of story, the zeitgeist out there, is it's like some creepy well, old dude. Actually, yes. It's not. It's men under the age of 25. And now that obviously means like statutory rape and stuff like that. But it is yes. men who are sexually active and confident and young. So they're 21, 22, 23, and they're snatching up girls and, and doing that stuff. Right. Like, that's the stats. I would believe that. You know? I'd believe it. Any flashes I've seen that were always young. Um. Oh, yeah. So he said to me, he's like, he's just grinning and he's he's smoking a cigarette. And he said, sorry, um, I don't. I'm like, oh, I have to follow through with this now. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? And he's like, sorry, I don't have any cigarettes. I just have this, which was the cigarette that he was smoking. Come over and get it off me or whatever. Like, I was standing really like, you know. There's yeah. no distance between us. Nine dicks length away. Don't like say seven. Emma. So I was just like, what am I going to do? I don't want to piss this guy off or whatever. You took the cigarette off <laughs> And him. I said, thanks. Yeah, did you even regard his, his member? No, I didn't mention that. See, that's, that's probably... I just played it like it was a normal... Like, I played it as if there was no dick involved. Yeah. I thought that was my best 
I think that should be every interaction between a woman and a man. That's crazy. That's yeah. And then I just went off to school. And did you smoke the cigarette? I had like But she was already stressed from being flashed at, so I guess she did. I had like about two drags and I was like he's still watching me and I was like oh and then just stabbed out did you stand beside him while you smoked or no like I walked away right 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 like kind of over to like the wall where all like the teenagers would smoke um I think he was like he thought the experience was great anyway whatever it was good for him whatever he got out of it I don't know he didn't get a cigarette to smoke I'm afterwards saying, I'm not saying that like I saw an outcome or anything I'm just saying that he seemed like he was smiling and stuff but I wasn't traumatized by that. Like it had happened to me before. It's only when you look back on things, you're like, that was mm. fucked up. Because a flash I, would never, I don't think would flash a woman in her thirties. Because a no, woman in her thirties, exactly. Yeah. Whereas she know like the social decorum wouldn't, course. wouldn't the social pressure wouldn't be there to go like. <laughs> so we were getting told this thing of like they're harmless. Don't worry about them. So we we were almost getting the message honest. to be fucking polite to them in a That's way. That's the patriarchy. We? Yeah. Yeah, that's and I would totally right agree. There. That's why we were. And you would, told you would always, you would always tell yourself, like, does he know that his penis is out? <laughs> Should I tell him? Like, you know, this is part of your brain that's like, no, well, it's just a mistake. That's why even at the start of the podcast, we were kind of laughing about um, how little boys love to get their dicks out. And maybe it's they're just kind of when they're little boys. Yeah, the willies. It's yeah, dick, they're yeah. willies when they're yeah. little boys. It's it's yeah. a, it's a medical term. Look it up. And uh, no, but like I suppose that's kind of like trivializing. Like maybe we take that too far. Then that as they get older, you're like, ah, sure, look, guys always get their dicks out. Mm. But can I just ask, like, yes. were you? Did, did you know what he was doing? Did you know, like, had you been sexually experienced at that time, and you knew that that's what what dicks were for? Oh yeah, like I was sixteen. Right. Yeah, so like I knew the set. I knew what he was doing. So maybe that's why it didn't traumatize you as much because you're like, I was pulling your mickey. What happens if it was a thirteen year old and you're like, well, exactly. Why do you do? Why are you doing that thing? Yeah, because then I had. I hadn't discovered their sexual. Yes, I had another experience, and there was a little girl close by, and then I was like, I need to tell the guards because she was only about eight and she was on a bike. Does that happen often? Is that an often? I would have. I would have about. I'd say about five or six flashes I've seen. But this is from the ages of like 14 to like 16, 13, 14 to 16. How define a flasher? Like someone who just, shows you their penis. But like somebody, so we're not, I know, but like I'm saying like not somebody in like a social situation who would whip it out. And me, you know, like say you're at a party and a guy gets his dick out. Like a flasher is somebody in a public area. Is that how we define it? <laughs> very grey area I need context. I would probably tone. define a flasher being a man. What I would define a flasher would be is to get somebody who is on their own and in a, in a vulnerable position to be able to like dominate them by showing you... Yeah showing them your sexual organs by going like haha you have to look at my penis and there's nothing you can do about it yes like it's yeah. kind of like an eye, an eye rape yeah and they're in a position where they can't really get away or they can get away but they still have to like regard the member oh yeah and try oh, and yeah, yeah. cold like, today let's not yeah. let, let's not turn this f- like flasher situation into a rape like, yeah, kind yeah, of a thing, yeah, you know? yeah 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 it's all cool yeah. we're all cool yeah um, there's a flasher in Trini at the moment, apparently. So be careful out there, guys. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at yeah. Trini Flasher. Yeah. We did a live stream there the other night. Yeah, but um, yeah, IGTV. It's gas because we were told they were harmless. <laughs> Ten minutes away, Delhi. Get it on. So yeah, but I think Ted Ted started off with this thing, and it's not really a ho- like a, a massively described or or, or kind of uh, documented part of his life, but he. 
he was sexually active. He was a, he was a sexual dude, and I I do kind of chalk it down a little bit to to the upbringing that he had, and it wasn't over sexualization. I think there was something in him as a young man that made violence and sex like codependent. Mm, okay. right. Inflated the two. Uh, somewhere along the line, maybe it was like a childhood trauma. When we talked about Chikatilo, and I, and I, I, I will like him. He's in the zoo. I we saw monkeys in the zoo. Well, like Chikatilo, I, I'm going to liken Ted Bundy to him a lot because they do have a lot in common. Chikatilo <laughs> saw his ma being raped by Nazi soldiers <gasps> oh in the gosh. Ukraine when they invaded the Ukraine. So he, he, he had that thing and he had like a trauma to do with that. So like, I guess logic would dictate that something similar should have or could have happened to Ted to put those same, like that shit doesn't come out, come out of your come out yes. of nowhere you don't want to like choke someone to death while you're riding them just because you 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 know so you, you found anyone, it on Pornhub or I something just, like so would you think that anyone who engages in that kind of sexual violence has been violated sexually not violated sexually but definitely been exposed to that stuff at a time when it made a mark on their psyche or on their, mm. like BDSM totally fine like if you want a woman to stand on your balls and stilettos cool but obviously something happened to make that the thing that you need to get sexual gratification. That it's not just like stick the willy in the wet place and and wait till the stuff comes out. Like mm. it's not just regular old humdrum how you get numb. But then I think sometimes with BDSM is that it's counterintuitive. You know, so you've got men in very high powered positions and you know, sometimes with sexuality it's counterintuitive. So that they're used to being in control. Sure, yeah. And they want and to be in dominated. A BDSM situation, yeah. they're not in control and that's what turns them on because Maybe that's it's the control alien. thing. Well that's what, what when we're looking at what Ted did later on, like the second part of the thing that not a lot of the documentaries talked about that I found was absolutely integral to his choice of victim and not only his choice of victim, but the 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 I guess the sexual attack that he perpetrated on these people and how he did it. Like, he he had a girlfriend. It was his first girlfriend. Um, oh, this is Stephanie, is it? I, I don't... I, I couldn't I couldn't find uh, her name in Christopher Berry D's uh, research. Oh. But okay. uh, he's a criminologist. Christopher Berry D uh, said that Bundy was motivated to live out this revenge fantasy where his ex-girlfriend basically dumped him uh, and he harbored a grudge against her, and all of the victims looked very yes, similar. I they heard said this. if you put all these victims side by side, that they could all be sisters. And they had brown hair, they had a center parting, it was shoulder length hair, they had brown eyes, and white skin. Emma? Oh, Emma. Who's at the, who's at the window? You did, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, could have been another Bundy man. And was it true? <clears throat> is it true that they were all middle class and college students and all that? All, is that true? All very accessible. They weren't like women who were in vulnerable positions. Some of them were even in like uh, uh, buildings that were protected with security, and he still managed to get in. Do you know some of his like his first victim uh, was basically a, a girl who was in a, a college dorm. And uh, he, he liked to kill women with blunt force trauma and then sexually assault them with like his own business or with a foreign object. That was his, his first few murders were those types of executions. And on the 4th of January 1974, he broke into the basement of an 18 year old student and he raped her with the bedpost of her bed. While she slept, I heard bet that, the head yeah. off her and then raped her with the bedpost and bet her with the bedpost. But she just raped survived, her with. didn't she? She did survive, but she had uh, irreparable brain damage. <laughs> Um, but she she was chalked into the to the Bundy cannon uh, when he was doing his confessions in in jail later on. 
like so was she like, like she like was a veg, veg like a veg yeah. yeah 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 that's the mad that's mad as well he just he just got in he, yeah. he, that's when he broke like he was in having an old window wank and the seal broke and he had had a few drinks and what Ted used to do was get a bit drunk and go around and try these things so it went it went kind of a little bit beyond and he was he was uh, and as they all do as all these serial killers do they edge closer and closer to the act until the act gets until they break the seal the act gets done and then they're like okay that's what i have to do from now on to be able to get the gratification you know and it felt like control it felt like as you said he wanted to feel in control he was taking maybe revenge out on this girl that slighted him and he was like, these are, he, he, he'd sit at home and in his psychopathic mind, like we'd see later on, he's a massive narcissist. Like mm. he'd, sit, he'd sit at home and he'd be like, oh, this fucking bitch, this fucking bitch. And he'd have like mad, crazy delusions about how he would murder her. And then he played out these fantasies on these girls that looked like her. Like practicing. Uh, you what? Like practicing yeah, for the big, the big one. Basically, but I don't think he was going to go and kill his ex-girlfriend, but he just... He had that trauma yeah, and he just wanted to, fantasy. yeah, just wanted to relive it. And they got more and more brazen and more and more outlandish and outrageous. He also attacked and, and raped children, if you believe it. On February 9th, 1978, he kidnapped, raped and murdered a 12-year-old called Kimberly Leach. And he dumped her body in a pig shed. And then he left town because he was traveling all over, like you could tell, going from town to town. He called into this town, stalked her a little bit, got her raped her, killed her, threw in the pig shed and left town. And he also killed another 12-year-old called Lynette Dawn Culver in Idaho. Uh, and he raped and drowned her in, he raped her in a hotel room and drowned her in a river and then left town. And he was doing all this pretty quick. Like he'd spot someone, watch them for a little bit yeah. and then just... Dive in. Yeah. It wasn't like a long premeditated thing. It wasn't like and he'd make friends with the parents no and play the long game. No, yeah. no, no. And what was the frequency? And that's why it was so hard. That was why it was so hard to to tie them all together that's what they were they were looking they were waiting for him on death row to tie himself up and oh. confess to these things because there's bodies missing there was heads missing off bodies and did he so he did confess to other murderers then when he was on death row 22 of them yeah and why why would people think would he not like why wouldn't he confess to all of them if he's going to confess to 22 because is it a power thing yeah of course that's the that's what they want it's and the last thing isn't yeah it? of course like he he was completely disenfranchised he was completely disempowered he's sitting on death row and they gave him seven days to live and he was like if you give me more days to live i'll, I'll give you information like that's his last bargaining chip mm. is that those families want to get their their daughters back i yeah, never understand when you're on death row why oh, this sounds terrible but like why you wouldn't want to die i just think what kind of existence is it mm, i guess like every minute counts right no matter mm, where you are maybe that's why prisoners of war stay alive that's why elizabeth well, fritzel stayed alive for so long yeah. it says something about my and psyche it just, maybe but i think it just becomes it's it just becomes its own world then whatever world that you're in the human mind just, is so you know, adaptable. You just adapt. Yeah, yeah, you just adapt. Similarly, in like an abusive relationship, that then that becomes the norm. Your norm, yeah. Or yeah. if you get like bunions, you'll just like walk a little bit differently mm. and put your hip out because you're like, oh, I don't walk on that side of my foot because it's sore. Mm. And instead of going and getting it sorted, do you know? That's why mm. a lot of middle-aged men all end up with like arse cancer and, you know, a lot mm. of the young men end up with t- testicular cancer because they what? have... A, yeah, What's like that about arse cancer. Why do they, they get, get colon that? cancer and bowel cancer because they are sitting down so much? No, because they neglect their own health and they're all like, oh, yeah, my arse is bleeding, but sure, that's because I was out drinking. Okay, do you know what I mean? And they yeah. don't pay attention to those things. They don't like traditionally men don't take care of themselves medically at all and they have to be 
cajoled into it. Can you imagine, yeah. do you know, like some, some Irish man in his mid 50s and he has to go to his wife and go, come here, I think I might be bleeding out of me hole. Yeah. Can you check me hole for me when I'm with me arse? Like that's fucking embarrassing. So he's just rather not say anything. Mm. Yeah. A lot of people grand, don't do that. Now maybe the 50 year olds are, are, are going to check him because they're being told. But 10 yes. years ago, 50 year olds were not doing that. Yeah. And 20 years ago, 40 year olds weren't doing this. It's the same fucking dudes, you mm. know, like this, this repression. So when you're talking about like, you know, Ted Bundy and how people aren't really paying attention to what he's doing. It's because it's all so disparate and no one is checking any of that stuff. Mm. Do you know what I mean? No one is checking if, if there's a 12-year-old girl that's gone missing. Well, like is she gone missing in the same way that another 12-year-old girl? You're talking about the, the, the early 70s. Mm. There's no Amber Alert system. There's no, there's none of that stuff. There's no infrastructure built to combat these kind of serial crimes because no one had done that shit before. You know, we had done an episode on H.H. H. Holmes, which is one of the first major... Uh, uh, kind of serial killers and he mm. built a hotel in Chicago where people would come in and then he'd put you in this room and the room had no windows for some reason and then you'd be asleep and he'd come in in the middle of the night and like inject you and then put you in a chute that was specially built into the hotel and put you down into the basement and then chop you up in bits and fuck your body and then throw you into a, a, a furnace that was built for burning furnaces and that hotel stood there for years and no one did anything about it so people like normal people don't anticipate that kind of stuff no until it started happening more and more frequently for whatever reason. I have seen the TripAdvisor reviews for that hotel. <laughs> like, why can't we just chill out and get a takeaway? Why are all the murdering yeah. and stuff? Let's yeah. just... Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. I know what you mean about stuff getting normalized. Yeah. Yeah. Like, people don't, people don't realize, like, 12-year-old girls are going to miss... Like, look at how many... Um, when you're talking about the UK, like I just watched that BBC drama, Three Girls. Did you watch that? Yes. Like that's no, fucked yeah. up, man. So there's like in, in Rochdale, there's like 1,400 girls were part of this massive pedophile ring. In Telford, just up the road, 1,200 girls. Oh in Rotherham, gosh. another 1,000. You're talking insane? about thousands and thousands and thousands of girls who are being systematically and habitually raped and abused yeah. by gangs of predominantly Middle Eastern and Asian men. Did you watch that documentary? Yeah. And this was a drama, of the drama yeah, three part drama. But it's it's the story of the girls in it's Rochdale really and how the case broke. And those guys just got convicted recently for like thir- 39 was years. Was that the er- early 2000s? Is this? Yeah, yeah. Two, 2004 like, to 2012. Like, and we're talking about thousands of girls. Thousands and thousands and, the and thousands. Very, I think, well. But it was all girls from lower economic, yeah, socioeconomic. Yeah. They, they were like poor, no one gives a shit, basically. Yeah. And they're kind of like, oh, well, they're bad anyway. You know? And they're from families that may have abused them already. So social workers are kind of cl- like wise to that shit. And they were abusing alcohol and drugs at like 13 and 14. So going into the arms of these guys who were then supplying them with drugs and alcohol and then making them feel kind of like, hey, I bought you that drink, you owe me. And putting them into that kind of pressure situation. And then they weren't reporting it because they're like, yeah, well, I did get a load of drink off them, so I probably, like, I probably should let them ride me and not give out about it. A load of them were convinced that they were in relationships with these yeah. guys in their 40s and they're like 14. Yeah. Uh, oh, Mah- I should Mohammed probably, is my boyfriend, you know. I probably should ride his mate. Like, that would be the sound thing to do as well. I'm bringing these parties with 10 or 12 dudes and they all, like, get given away and it's like, yeah, I suppose that's the way it is. Like, that's normalization of horrible yeah. shit yeah. but just because they've had a life of horrible shit that that's the way it goes you know mm. but to be able to find like Ted Bundy would find those people he'd be able to he obviously to was able to spot yeah. them out in but, seconds but, but then, I don't know was he spotting was it did it seem like he was going for vulnerable people but it, 
he the, knew the, it was the people who were going to help him yeah, who put were going the to thing into the oh, car I know what or you, mean. you know yeah, like kind of yeah. oh, like open um optimistic trust naturally trusting yes. and that aren't going to could say and aren't going to like say something straight off the bat like wasn't it when his car handle was broken yeah. like certain personalities they get into the car they'd be like what happens you know what I, happened I can't this? get out of this car like yeah. people who are self-aware but, he, but you know what as well probably if they came from certain backgrounds as well um, that were reasonably comfortable etc might not have like say you're talking about the those suspicion, girls in like, that's England what I'm saying, yeah. who have been shot on by people so much they probably come to expect that kind of behaviour um, but you know it was in these girls in England who had just been treated so horribly and probably probably came to as you say normalise that yeah. maltreatment so then you have the flip side of the spectrum is you have these girls who have had seem an easy to be life. college educated yeah. white middle class yeah um, have had relatively up to that point, uh, you know, had reasonably cult- comfortable lives, etc. Probably were trusting because they they were not brought up to be any other way because ultimately the world had not fucked them over up to that point. Well, he had got like a kind of a, a, a and he sensed a, that a Madonna sure. slush kind of thing going on where yeah. you want you want he wanted somebody pure, but he also wanted to do awful things. Do you know, so I he's not going he, for. It's like that Jerry Hall, didn't she say? Um, every woman should be uh, a slut in the kitchen. A slut in the kitchen. Oh, and yeah. a, a wife in the no, a slut in the bedroom. bedroom a wife the in one. the shed. A wife in the basement. No, an accountant in the bathroom. A wife in the kitchen. A, wi- a wife on the street. A chef in the kitchen. A slut in the bedroom. I Is think. that it? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry wouldn't How's, mind to be paraphrased. Yeah, yeah, she knows the crack. We, she but knows I don't think crack. he was choosing them because they were like affluent or middle class. I think that just so happened that that's the women that he was exposed to. Because he wasn't on college ser- campuses. That's he why. wasn't going searching for people. He was just like, there's some That's the thing. So it went for Ted Bundy from, I, I'm going out drinking. And then after a few drinks, I start thinking about my ex-girlfriend. And then I go and try and like look in a window and have like a, like a window wank. And it progressed well, and into attacks. But he was hanging around in college. Was he was living in college towns. Why, yeah, so college campuses. And obviously yeah. he met your one in college. So it was it was all part of the fantasy, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. And was he, do, was he more active when, when it was like uh, exams or something? Or I didn't hear that. No, I thought, I thought I saw a thing that when it was coming up to exam season or whatever, he seemed like it'd be basically, I think it was like once a month. There seemed to be I a killing as well, yeah. Mm. That was like kind of at the same time that they had like assessments or exams or whatever. So I was like, oh, is that that he was like kind of stressed about college and then to release the stress? He'd just he do would, a rape. Yeah. Like, there has I could to be see a better it. coping mechanism. Yeah. Stress ball just or go, something. Just go and have, have a few drinks. Oh, no. Mm. Well, a few no. drinks makes him do the thing. Yeah. yeah I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a vicious circle. It's a vicious circle, isn't it, really? Yeah. He, he was also a necrophile and he claimed he would often spend the night with these women corpses after, like, he'd have sex with them. He'd, like, kill them first or hit them, have sex with them, kill them, and then lie down all night with the corpse. I mean, even the And then maybe have sex again in the morning before he leaves, because we all do that, don't we? I even disagree that there's a term for this craziness. You know what I mean? Like, calling yourself a necrophile. Well, why does it have to be... Like, why does it have to be a human body, then? Yeah, Could it not just be a loaf of bread or something, or... It doesn't have the same... It doesn't have the same give. Yeah, I know. Okay. I mean, what could... A stress ball. (laughs) 
That's, that's be, full of the stuff that fucking Stretch Armstrong is made of. Yes. You never get that off your lad. That's how we. Sh- that's how we will stop uh, serial protection. killers. Protection. Stress balls. A sock. The Supreme Court have ruled that you're not allowed to uh, import child sex dolls. Oh, stop. They were creating. Gordo. They were creating child sex dolls, and you could order the dolls to look like a picture of a child that you sent them. So if you had like your mates child Gordo. who was like a six-year-old girl you could take a picture of her send it to this company i'm gonna help they'd make the doll and then they'd put uh, you could choose the emotion no, in the face stop. like sadness or horror or disgust right Gordo. and you can you can you can buy them on the internet and the supreme court has ruled that you're not allowed to ship them inside of the u.s because they don't want it to normalize pedophilic behavior but those things are an actual product out in the world right now so you're talking about normalization of horrible stuff People are making money off of people's perversions. We just did an episode on cultural Marxism and we were talking about uh, virtuous pedophiles and there's a whole movement of men who are going, I'm a pedophile and I'm attracted to children, but I never act on it. So therefore I am virtuous and I should be able to come out like part of the LGBTQ plus community and say, I'm a virtuous pedophile. It's totally okay if as long as I don't do anything. And you're like, "Mm, is it though? But you see, I you see, I feel bad for the LGBT community then because why should they be allied with these? That's the thing. Fuckwits? So these fuckwits are allying themselves because they know that there's a whole wave of acceptance around alternative sexualities, and they're trying to normalize themselves in society. And because the left are so liberal and accepting, they're like, "Yeah, well, they're people I know, too." Come on. I'm telling you, that's what's that's happening, man. Virtuous people movement. Check it happen. out. So this is not the '90s music tribute podcast. You promised it would be. <laughs> it's real talk. Uh, you told us to look back over the S Club Seven songs. <laughs> that's for your one. So it's we're, not this we're like... just gonna go home to bed and sleep normally after this, are we? <laughs> There's a bottle of whiskey inside in the kitchen we have to have before we go home. Uh, people find that they have to kind of wind down after these shows. I bet so, they do. Mm, a little bit of a release. So sometimes Ted would actually m- murder the girl, do the rape, stay there all night, bury her, go away, and then come back later on and dig her up and have another go. Bit of a hide and seek that man. That sounds like a lot of cardio to me. Yeah, it? well, that's what that's what he was known for. And sometimes when the bodies were kind of falling apart, he'd take the jawbone or he'd take like some of the arm bones and he'd bring them off somewhere and bury them somewhere else. Like a dog. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And did he have a job while he was in college? I don't know. Just like it sounds like he was pretty flat out. Like he was in college, he had a few girlfriends on the oh. go. He was having sex with dead bodies. He was. But did he when around. did he? What age was he when he started killing? Quite young. He was in his early twenties. Okay. okay. He sounds very like very busy to me. Yeah, that's a man with very little time. I mean, that's probably why he didn't have like a long term girlfriend because you have to just a lot of effort to to yeah. to keep that up. And that's mm. why he was so slim. I think. Yeah. A lot of cardio. He's quite trim, isn't he? A lot of digging. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of digging. Small. Fish. So uh, (laughs) he he basically, like, if he couldn't, if the bodies were decomposed and they were unfuckable or whatever, he'd he'd bury them. But he wouldn't tell anyone ever. And that's why they think that he has up to 100 victims. He has uh, confessed to 22. They've nailed him for 36. But there could be up to 100. Like, that's a lot of people. That's like John Wayne Gacy numbers. When you've started going out with a guy and you ask them how many girlfriends they've had. Yeah, it always goes up over time. Yeah. Yeah. Then they start adding ones in as they go along. They're like, do you remember? Oh, that was when, that was Kate. That doesn't count. Like who? That doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. 
A lot of them don't, I guess. So it's for, a similar kind of a thing, isn't it, really? Yeah, just murders and rapes. Yeah. Well, what he used to do was he used to c- cut the heads off a lot of them. There was there was uh, t- uh, 12 victims that lost their heads. And he, after the rape, he cut their head off and kept it, preserved it, right? And he would bring the head home and wash the hair and comb the hair and then put makeup and, and wash the face and put makeup on the I face. I the makeup was shit. And then, and then, you know, a contour. I and, heard. And he'd have sex then with the heads at There's home. There's no way he could do liquid eyeliner. Well, I doubt he could, I doubt he could master the flick, Emma. Yeah. No. I would flick. say, um, but then, because I heard one of the things was as well that he would style the heads in a way that was totally incongruous with how, like, so the he'd go for, looked. like, mad spice bobs or ponytails or something yeah, with he, the hair. Oh, if you have the time, like, you yeah. get kind of... Something, or garish makeup, and they, they'd they be like, no, there's no way you kind of Like, this. kind of a 90s movies montage, kind you know, of, like a makeover yeah, montage, yeah. but just a head. Yeah, that moment. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I just have to... I just have dun, to... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this is brutal. I was going to say, I just have to detach myself from this, but I'm just... But it's just so bizarre. bizarre. Just like a bizarre. That I just don't even want to like. You do have ADHD. Think about it properly. I know. You do you know can't. what I mean? I can't. I'm just welcome like welcome to my world. That's I can't what's, even what's take it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's bananas. I know it's horrific, but I can't even take it seriously in a way because I just can't even comprehend <laughs> it. Just, do you know what I mean? Of course you know. I would have taught you would have listened to more than two of the shows before you came on. This is standard. No, no, I have. <laughs> no, I but have. no, I know, no, I know. I, I like... <laughs> It's so, it's so crazy. That's why he's I know, like I'm just, the king, no, do you know king what it is? of serial I'm like, so. I'm just there like ha- laughing about a head. And I'm like, oh God, that probably sounds weird. But it's like, that's just the way. It's uh, just, it's like, you, there's, it just goes beyond normal person comprehension. I just watch it's murder like, stuff to get the, to get and the information into your head. Sleep so you nicely. have to do it this way. You have to have a laugh. Like, it. it's like, you know, your fella not listening to you is bad. But, you know, you're somebody chopping off your head, bringing it home, having sex with it, then putting a few spice bobs on yeah. your head. Pro- I mean, that, there are ha- no words. For I that. don't know, but there I would imagine no cutting off a head is a very labor intensive thing. Yeah, I've seen a few of them to from uh, the, 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 the terrorists watched, used to do it yes. to the American oh, journalists or whatever. And it's a good Please lot of song and there's they, a lot of hacking then for yes. the spinal column and stuff just to get it loose, you know. But the, were, were they alive when that was happening, by the way? Not the end. No, but were they alive when they started? Yes, of course, yeah. She can hear them screaming through the throat like a, like a pig. It's no, it's, it's no joke. How long would it take them to die? Like two, three minutes. Oh, stop. They're still blinking, like Please when the lads are hacking their spine. Loads of times. Loads of times. Because you have to see that stuff. Stuff goes into your head. What happens if it's happening in front of you? And you need to like make a decision real quick, and 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 you've never seen this before, and you're all like, Ugh! but if you've seen it loads, like you and the flashers, just be yeah. like, ah, whatever. Let's yeah. do that thing. Let's run. They're chopping off his head, not mine. God, how would you ever sleep again, Gordo, after watching that? Yeah. You do though. I can tell. Yeah. But I, I used to drink and do loads of drugs and stuff yeah. for a while. So, so this yeah. isn't your new drug? <laughs> no, I haven't watched them in a while either. I think that's a... But I know a lot of people who have, like, yeah. a lot of people have. Yeah, big time. There's, a it's, a very, it's a very well, popular look, genre. Ultimately, if you're doing this, if you're doing something like this, you'd have to. 
drink and do drugs. No, but you'd have to watch <laughs> these things. Yeah, I had well, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. to. Yeah, you'd have to keep your eyes wide open, like you would. Yeah, well, I do. There's a lot of research done for a lot yeah. of these kind of shows, and you're 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 watching a lot of stuff. That, that explains the heads out the back. Gordo. You have to have the extra fridge. That's what the shed is for. But it's like it's like you have to see that stuff to understand how that's happening. Yeah. In order to be able to make like proper decisions about how you live your life or how you're able to see what what what's happening in kind of the current the current like the world now is so fucked up that unless you know about all the other fucked up stuff, it just seems like inexplicable how it could get this fucked up. But if you know how everything else works and all the preceding events coming up to it, mm. it's totally self-explanatory. And it leaves one with a sense of agency armed with the knowledge of how something became that thing that they're able to maybe, instead of being shocked and awe and being stunned and, and kind of like made impotent to action against something that's completely inexplicable, you're going, I know why this is the thing. And you know what I'm going to do? This, because I've thought about this before. And it puts that that agency in that, that person's hand. That's what martial arts is for. That's what all these things is like. Imagine a guy does this, then he does this, then he does this. So that's why you see those karate guys going, huh, shit, huh, doing all the forms and all yeah. that stuff. Wax on and wax off. We found out through the magic of cinema that Danny LaRusso was not just waxing a car. He was not just sanding a fence. He was doing the defense moves in karate but what mr miyagi wanted to do was put the muscle memory to react immediately to someone like throwing a punch you throw the punch and you go like and you put the hand up and it blocks the punch so that's what that's what people need to be doing when it comes to like media embodiment like uh, you know social media watching the news watching current affairs and current events if that shit is affecting you you need to harden up you need to educate yourself to be able to know how to critically dissect propaganda, basically. So you don't fall for that shit. You don't end up buying a fucking multi-level marketing scheme. You don't end up getting on Herbalife or you don't end up, you know, fucking uh, like selling your house because you're getting an extra 1.2% APR on a loan that you don't really need. And you're getting a house bigger than what you need because a bank man told you, come on now, uh, you have to do it now. You'll never get a better deal. Like people are fucking putting their lives in, in mad pressure for these for these ineffable and and kind of out of reach lifestyles putting their mad lives mad in debt do you know in america the number one expenditure for the household is a car because people are getting these massive car notes for for cars that they can't afford or don't really need mm. and then they're paying a massive amount every month and they're fucking scraping by like barely making the payments every month to drive a car to a job that barely pays for the fucking car mm. and in two years time the car is worth half as much as what it was because you're after driving a million miles in and out to work so when you go and sell it do you know, you're selling that and then buying another one of the same and just upping your debt all the time. Like, if you are not wise to that shit, you're going to get caught every time. Mm. Yeah, Julie. So it's an, in order to understand... How did, you know, how did you know I was on Herbalife? <laughs> you said that glow about you. <laughs> and you tried to sell it to me already she, twice. Yeah, she's going to try and get a sneaky plug in there. But seriously, like, you, ha you have to be armed with that stuff. Yes. Like, you guys are comedians. You are critically analyzing every moment of your life whether you like it or not well i know I, I know exactly what you mean and i think we've seen it even just well on social media everywhere like people shutting other people down just because they have another opinion yeah. but then we need and to know that, that people out there have that opinion that's a very modern 
phenomenon yeah. in the last three years only that started to happen where pe- the, the block the blocking culture or the public shaming culture and it is dangerous echo chamber creation man and that yeah. ends up people separating and not knowing anything about the other side so when the other side says something it could be very valuable to you but you're not even listening to it because you don't know what that is because you blocked that out of your life mm. if you're only experiencing stuff from one side you're 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 fooling yourself uh yeah well, you're being you know, manipulated. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you're if it's free, you're the product. Yeah, That's yeah. the thing. So, I mean, like... When I'm going to... If there's room on the bottom of my back, because obviously I have the five quote as well from that And the S-Club so 7. I'm definitely putting, if it's free, you're the product. Yeah. Just if there's any room. I don't know. I am pining on the pounds these days. There probably is room, being <laughs> honest with you. That Herbalife is not handle. working out, I have to say. <laughs> Are you um, taking the birth control Herbalife version? But, well, we've forgotten to take our birth control for about three weeks now. <laughs> She's saying um, we don't already. Tell, don't tell, don't tell <laughs> your topic on her. My beloved, <laughs> Mr. Frank. Well, talking about, talk, <laughs> this podcast may not age well. Come here. Talking about putting on the pounds. It's going to age Bundy, very well. P- it's Ted Bundy age very well also liked to eat the flesh of his victims. Oh, did he? Yes. He I had. didn't know that. Yeah. He used to eat the flesh, bite off some bits, you know, oh, bite I, into some bits. I, I mean. He said it wasn't for lust, but he, he said the fact that he, he wanted to possess them. He wanted to inhabit their spirit and they would become a part of him. So you're I heard he getting had, this control kind of thing going he on. He nibbled a nipple, didn't he? He did. He would keep the souvenirs from his murders and he'd keep teeth ears jaw bones and as we heard heads but he 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 ripped the nipple off of one girl and he bit her arse and that was the girl that was part of the case that got him convicted for uh, execution mm-hmm. imagine i heard that that he in the college dorms oh yeah yeah um so ted was he was a master manipulator and he make himself look like an authority figure he usually t- looked like a policeman or a fireman or someone in authority to let the victims feel a sense of safety and these are the kind of uh, tips that these pickup artists have you ever heard have you ever came across these pickup artists guys yes the will smith film uh that's hitch yeah yeah i i <laughs> i don't know what what i was thinking i was like independence day is not about that no <laughs> I am uh, legend, I think. Hitch. Yeah, I'm a legend. <laughs> he, he's able to go out at night and get He's all not the... as successful in that one. No, no. Not a lot of people around <laughs> to chat up. But uh, uh, Hitch is kind of like that. It's more like um, uh, there's this TV show called The Pickup Artist where they get a lot yes. of geeks. You ever watch that? I've seen it, yeah. There's a guy with a furry Jamaroquai hat and he teaches people I how to pick up girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like... These fucking weirdos. I love it's it. It's nerd porn. It's yeah. weird. Like... These uh, these these complete zeros are totally no self esteem. Like they're beta males, and they they they're taught by this guy to go in and uh, you know disregard the woman that you really want. Talk to her friend. You give like negs, which are like funny little uh, uh, kind of negative comments, like oh that's a lovely dress. I saw a good looking bird wearing that earlier on. Like these kind of <gasps> things. Yeah, yeah. But it hurts you. But you're like I'm gonna prove him it gets wrong me every time. And that's the thing. This Ted Ted was using those kind of techniques. And now they're teaching that we're teaching oh, that to young stop lads. It. Do you the know Ted Bundy Academy. Yeah, of of getting your hole, whether they like it or not. In parentheses. Oh, you should see these geeks. It's like at the start. The dress. They just like, <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, um, yeah, call you sometime. They get the number, and all the guys are like, oh my god, he's There's amazing. Like, what is the name of this show? The pickup artist. It's excellent. Okay. It's excellent I watching. Must check it out. There's like, one season of it. It's great, but you will need quite 
uh, ferocious will, will I shower, use a shower after. after? Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Like conditioner and everything. Yeah. But it's a good watch. Is it the, when people say? Is it like when people say to me, "Yeah, you're funny," but Emma, Emma's really funny. Is that kind of psychology with but the That's like an egg. Brushes? That'd be an egg. An egg. If you were a comedian I mean. and you yeah. wanted to get into you, that, that's it's what they'd egg. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. weird. It's a weird, uh, it's a weird kind of environment to be a man in because the whole thing is like the whole is the goal and all this kind of stuff. Mm. And Ted Bundy used these techniques. Obviously, you know, uh, uh, you want to feel non-threatening because like no girl wants to be threatened while she's being chatted up. You want to be a person of authority so you have like you know faith or, or, or feeling of safety you want to be able to initiate a kinesthetic contact you want to be able to have like a comfort level of touching or whatever like oh hold my hand or oh thanks very much nice to meet you Do you know pat on the shoulder small hug like these kind of uh, uh, levels of 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 mm. um contact and trust and ted was really good at that do you think a woman could do that just on her charm or do you think if a, a woman, woman a woman does it very differently, I think. What does that mean? Do you think like a woman would have to you like to get people to do stuff? Like, I'm not talking like he doesn't have to go to murder, but you know what I mean? Does she have to be amazingly beautiful no, I to think, seduce well, people? I don't think so. Womanly wiles are, are, are it's very like powerful. What we were saying okay. with like charm and charisma transcending looks. But like, is it the same know, so for many... women as it is for men? I would I think so actually. I think so, yeah. I think charisma's charisma. Yeah, and I think that, like you know, it's like you know, even look at these. That could be another touch. There now. was a Christmas. Christmas, Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. round the front. Yeah. Oh yeah, but <laughs> I that's remember a, that's a pube, That's a man's pubis tattoo. On Pat Kenny years ago on the Lake Late, and there was a like just as an example, I can't think of her name, but she was a notorious um jewelry robber. Right. And she would go in, and she was like, I remember. No, believe it or not, I did. But she was a real cockney, just an ordinary looking like woman. She's like, I was just a regular looking girl. And she'd go into places and she would just charm the pants off them. And, the ring, you know, the ring, the earrings, whatever yeah. it was, would be gone. Social engineering. And it's just, yeah, it's yeah. that kind of hypnotic charm. I'm going to try But can this. you imagine somebody hypnotically, hypnotically charming you into riding them? And you were like, oh, that was great. But no, was it? I don't know. It's a major stretch of the imagination. It, it, you watched the TV show. It was totally done. Was it done? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they were fucking weirdos, though. Like, let's yeah. just be fair. And they do this peacocking stuff where they wear like bracelets and chains and jingle jangle because women are magpies and they're all like, "Oh, a shiny thing!" Like, you see, I it's it's very it's so, it very subjugate like it subjugates women and it only works on a certain type of woman. And these guys were zoning in for them. So if the hole is the goal and you don't want to chat, there's a certain like group of women were they that you, in it's on, like, like insecure women I don't know that, yeah. but don't it was know. just like a certain it, type it was but I so, couldn't tell you which type it was so that's why I never did it the feelings pure <laughs> ginger was that yeah the feelings when you're watching it it's so there's so many emotions because it's so cringy and you're kind of rooting for the little like geek Ver, 40 year old virgin because he's like it. I've been living under the stairs for 26 years yeah I've never, you know, I've never been <laughs> two meters close to like whatever, yeah. just something like I've never I've, seen a real tit. I've never yeah. kissed somebody. Yeah. Or like real talk, man. There's so many people like that, and that's why from then, that's the late '90s, early 2000s. That show was made, maybe early 2000s. Yes. Since then, there's groups that have grown up online, like incels, which are involuntary celibates. Yes. Like those guys are fucking demented. Some They're of them. Crazy. Do you know, but I was watching. Hatred of women is insane. But but of course you're gonna you're gonna. Uh, uh, it's easier to hate them gonna, than exactly than change look at yourself. yourself. 
stuff. Well, they're going to yeah. they're going to internalize all yeah. that anger and they're going to point it outwards. And this is probably what Ted is doing because he's not getting the love that he wanted. Yeah. But he's getting his hole because he's good looking and he's like, I know how to charm them and I'm I'm getting the ride, but I'm not feeling the love. Okay, I'll just do a rape and a murder. Mm. Do you know? At least that's yeah. at least that's satisfying the itch that I need to scratch. Mm. Face of disgust. Fuck's sake. Yeah, it's it's Ted. hard. It's hardcore, man. But when you're thinking through all of those like the machinations of the human mind when they're trying to get into sexual relationships, it's very difficult. And there's one phrase yeah. that I heard years ago that that well, maybe two. Two phrases that, that stick in my mind. One is uh uh a woman needs to feel loved to have sex and a man needs to have sex to feel loved. And in there wow. in there is the the, the dichotomy yeah. of the sexes, you know. The other Wait, one say is say that for me one more time. A woman needs to feel love to have sex mm-hmm. and a man needs to have sex to feel loved. Would I have room on this arm? <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? You're going to be like little so, pump at the so end of it. That is so fucking true. Yeah. It's really true. And then the yes. other one is uh, uh, women are afraid that, or men are afraid that women will laugh at them. Women are afraid men will kill them. Yeah, well that's, yeah. And in Ted Bundy's case, that's the, that's that's what happened. And then the other one is make money, money, make money, 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 money. Yeah. <laughs> that's very true um, though, isn't yes. it? Yeah, yeah. But it's fucked. Like when you're looking at that kind of stuff, he he's gaining trust. He's a master manipulator. He he would often pretend to be an authority figure, like a cop or a policeman or a All firefighter or whatever. Jobs. Stripper jobs. Mm. Builder, an Indian, mm. a, a cop, an ambulance driver. I don't um, think he was qualified. I don't paramedic. Think he was qualified. Paramedic. That's the yeah. one. Uh, he would also play the wounded animal. Uh, like we talked about earlier on, he had a host of different plaster casts for his arms and feet. He had crutches. He had slings and bandages. And he would be carrying a box or carrying some books across the campus and he'd have a crutch or he'd have something on his arm and he'd be like, oh, my poor arm. And for some reason, this put the, the, the Florence Nightingale vibe into some women and they're all like, oh, I want to care for him and my knickers are fluttering. And it's just like, oh, I'll help you, good looking man. And he's like, thank you. Can you bring those books to my car? Bonk. And fucking never see her again, you know. Mm. And that happened on the regular. That was his, that was his thing. On the reg. On the reg you know so uh the, the one that got away basically um like ted and the survivors of his attacks one yes. of them had a brain damage uh one of them uh, got away at uh, the college campus in his in his kind of let's, let's say final attack and she was able to identify him in a lineup but in a medium.com article the writer tori teller talks about the conflict that she had within herself writing about serial killers and I thought it was very interesting she was working on a book about female serial killers and she sat down to read about these mad adventures of Ted Bundy and found herself both disgusted and intrigued she fell for the spell of Bundy she said his eyes were like the sky and she joked with her dentist of serial killers that she would have gone home with Jeffrey Dahmer had this kind of hipster vibe mm. he had the long hair and the the mm. horn rim glasses and the kind of the, the buzz going on and that was of a bang on trend at the time of his murders he was like a good looking dude who was bang on trend now obviously in the jumpsuit and he was kind of a couple of days in prison he had a bit of frump going on he wasn't great looking mm. but she was like yeah and he's prime if jeffrey Dahmer had rolled up on me i'd be like yes please uh ted was a ride very charming had all the stuff like she's she's a serial serial killer writer who like posthumously fell still into the spell of Ted Bundy even though he wasn't being personally charming with her at all and this is a woman who like you said like I'm, I'm watching this stuff all the time you get desensitized she's highly desensitized to that thing and she still fell under his spell mm. like that's got to tell that's you something mad. that's got to tell you something that's when she's really researching like it. Really level, isn't it? yeah 
But she's reading about him after he's dead, only reading about him and watching his his video uh, uh, interviews. And she's like, I think I love Ted Bundy. And she's a serial killer writer. Yeah. Like, that's mad. Do you know what I think? Mad he, power. Do you know what I think he had, though? It's almost like the kind of the, like the boy band thing. Yeah. In a sense that he had enough masculinity, but yeah, enough kind of femininity to him. Mm. So he had, you know, his masculine. Stephen Gately job. He was a non-threatening But like unassuming, you know, like his features. Now, I don't, I'm not attracted to him personally, but you can see his features are, they're strong, but like they're soft. Yeah. Perfect hair. Do you know? Yeah. He looks like Posh Spice or I something. I think the boy he would be like a boy. is very good. You yeah. can imagine like younger Ted being in a boy band sitting well, on a well, stool. check this shit out. Zac Efron will be playing Ted Bundy Shut up. in his biopic Shut called up. Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. And the director of the West Memphis 3 documentary that we talked about in our West Memphis 3 true crime episode, Jer Berlinger, will direct this uh, uh, biopic and it should be a whopper. It'll depict Ted uh, and his self-aggrandizement as his own lawyer. Because uh, he defended himself at his own murder trial twice. Uh, I, super I charming. I saw that, love that. So Zach Efron shared a yoke on Instagram the other day saying this is, the, uh, 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 what was it? Hey everybody, meet Ted. And he was in a white t-shirt and he had kind of like the, the Elvisy ducktail mm. hair. And it was just Zach Efron. And now to be honest, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a straight man. Yeah. Donald Lover gives me a little bit of a flutter. Zach Efron kind of does as well and I have to say he's a gorgeous and he seems really sound as well he, doesn't he? he does and he doesn't I mm. guess he has that Disney Channel vibe but when he's in like Neighbours 2 and he's like super jacked I think when men look at fellas like that and they feel weird they go like I'm not being gay because yeah. like that was like a jeer when we were younger what I look at when I look at Donald Lover or, or Zach Efron I appreciate their their talent and their charisma and the 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 body that Zac Efron has, like, I would not aspire to it because I wouldn't like that, but I, I appreciate that in some way. Mm. Okay. And somehow that's, like, translated into a sexual thing. So maybe that's what, like, when women are looking at Zac Efron, they're not like, oh, my God, I'd fucking rot on top of him. It's not that. It's like, yeah, I appreciate well, you all that whole package. appreciate you know? men of the species. Sure. I mean, like Zac. But... Uh, I like I never was like obviously we were way beyond High School Musical and all that but I just yeah, he's too girly in that about, way too girly but I think, I think he's too girly. older Zach is attractive. older yeah. Zach is attractive I think and he's only going to get better looking I did, oh, I did mean and... older Zach I meant Zach now I didn't mean like oh, sorry, okay. under the age consent no, a... <laughs> no, 17 meant... again Zach sorry, I, I meant legal regressing. Yeah. Um, yeah no he's lovely Okay, yeah. Um, no, Emma, that's what a do very you think, good Zach? boy band. Thumbs oh, yeah, what do you think, Zach? Zach Efron. He's too girly for me. See, okay, so she's enough. consistent. She's like, she doesn't like Ted Bundy. She doesn't like Zach Efron. She's not helping Ted Bundy with his box. No. No, I liked... Carry your own books, you cunt. The oh. serial killer that... Not I liked, but I would have been more... <laughs> <laughs> attracted to... Would have been who was the guy who sang with the Beach Boys and stuff? Oh, Charles Manson. Yeah, oh. I would. that would have been my buzz. Yeah, you look like a Manson girl, actually. You can tell, can't you? Yeah, you have a Manson vibe yeah. about you. I could, like, I could see you writing you'd be, stuff. You'd be very obliging, I'd say. Yeah. With a bit of acid and some, some, some flowers in your hair, and just be like, "Fuck it, I'm up for Atten, lads." What? Where are we going? The offy? I can see how. Oh no, the tea house. You I can see how you would get sucked, uh, <laughs> drawn in by him. Yeah. 
uh, Ted, I wouldn't have fought he that. Was, I would he'd say. be too preppy for you, Emma. We, we've done a Charles Manson episode, and I said, I too, and still am, enamoured with Charles Manson. Yeah. You, well, you're talking about just aesthetically. Have you ever heard the man speak? Have you ever heard? No, heard I've wa- yeah, no. Oh, this is really sad, lads. I watched um, Aquarius. Yeah, brilliant. David yeah. Duchovny, yeah? Yeah, I watched that. And um, because that is kind of like partly uh, fact and then, you know. They Dra- dramatized. Dramatized or whatever. For those that don't know, Aquarius is the kind of the, the dramatization of the FBI closing in on Charles Manson, the Manson family. But it's Ooh. not technically strictly factually true but it's still a good watch yeah it's it's good so yeah. i watched that enjoyed it but then i had to kind of go off and find out what was actually true from the show and what now loads of the stuff was fact it was just the extra stuff that wasn't really related to charles manson sure that... but it needed to have a narrative draw yeah. Like whatever, yeah so i was watching video after video now but he's the same type of dude charles manson would roll up in a van roll down the window vulnerable girl on the side of the road and he's like hey baby what you doing huh yeah here smoke a cigarette yeah hmm. mm. where you gotta be you gotta be nowhere you wanna come with Uncle Charlie I'm gone alright maybe it was come the accident come on with Uncle, come yeah. on Uncle Charlie I'm going with yeah. Uncle Charlie I got, myself, I got me a bad, nice bag of weed in here because he had go kind of drive a, down the coast and have a good he time he had the whole mm. culty kind of thing going on and the free love and the drugs and just like the awful upbringing where his mother was a teenage rape victim who was barefoot driving around the the mountains in uh west virginia pulling the child along she sold the child for a pitcher of beer when he was like a, a year old and uh, he ended up being taken in by his uncle and uh, he was abused as a young lad and left in loads of institutions where he was raped and did some raping at knife point and had an institutionalized life and a horrible horrible institutionalized upbringing going from youth home to jail and then he was released in the mid 60s from jail for the first time in his whole life as a, a mid 30s man into San Francisco which was the summer of love mm. full of acid and he ended up trying to find his way as a musician and ended up getting making his own little family so it's like he's not perfect yeah is what was saying, I mean okay? you wouldn't he bring him home to man but you can see you, know. the, you can see the similarities where you're going yes. like this has an awful upbringing that's all he's known is manipulation coercion self-protection self-preservation awful so he's growing up like trying not to rape anyone and trying not to be raped but like sometimes you have to like if you're in an institution you have to do a bit of raping to be like don't fuck with me or you know i'll shiv you and he translated those habitual you know life lessons into the outside world and ended up making a cult because a lot of people mm. were like yeah i believe you Oh but yeah, it was magnetism. It was yeah. charisma. Yeah, he's definitely. I think he's he's way more fascinating than Ted Bundy on that level. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we do, we don't have to show on Manson. Yeah, mm. the music and the drugs. But I guess Bundy seems to be a middle class like white girl's yes dream, like a target mm. for a middle class white girl, all American guy, picket fence, Zac Efron style. Thing, yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Like, oh my God, he has a broken arm. My, my he'll get on so well with my dad, and you know, yeah. High school musical. Do girls yeah. tend to do that? Like w- when you look at a guy, apparently uh, it takes seven seconds for a woman to decide if they're going to sleep with you or not. Seven weeks in, Jane? I would disagree. So you'd look and you go, mm, I would disagree. Mm. At the I initial think, reaction, I yeah, mean. Yeah, pretty. I would agree with that pretty much. Would you? Yeah. You go like face, chest, shoes, say something? No. See, no, it's basically just like, you see? Don't say anything to annoy me, grand. And then you just store it in your head and mm. it's your secret. Yeah. And you don't 
Oh, you yeah, reveal you that secret when you no. I will have sex no. with you. No, I, it's just a secret. No. You keep that no, to yourself. You and then No, because you see, I think the guys have had really good sex. Well, okay, are you talking about meeting somebody in a bar? I'm talking about this, like, b- b- Bundy phenomenon where the Bundy will come up and go, can you help me with these okay, books? And maybe she's like, if you just met yeah. Someone, okay, in that instance, like meeting a stranger, not yeah. like, say, you're friends with someone and then, you know... But you've already met them. Yeah. You don't decide like, let's have sex for seven seconds. I mean, the first time you meet somebody who could be a potential romantic encounter, you'd be like, and you look, you double take, do like a goofy and be like, oh, and your eyes pop out and your heart goes, and your clitoris goes, bing. And you're like, yes, please. How did you know? That's what happens. That's exactly it. Well, if the microwave bing. If you're, if I think if you're single and you see somebody you will decide pretty quick whether they're a potential. Mm. So, so the way you kind of treat them. Maybe Bundy was able to see that glint in the eye where he was yes. like carrying the thing and he saw a girl going like, like she had a little kind of a flush yeah. to her face and a she licked, kind of licked her lips or, or she flicked her hair or some kind of thing and he was like, excuse me, could you help me with it? Like he knew yes. where it was, like where, because some dudes have that magic power. They're just able to just yeah. go Shazam and they just know like you're the one that will go, okay, and everyone, but it's like yeah. they say with the serial killer looking at you know the crowded street, they'll all pick out the same person or people yeah. to attack. Psychopaths do, do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can read something body in language, that person, body language, or whatever. Resting it is. bitch face. Oh, yeah. is that what the the trait is that they can kind of sense who's manipulatable? Weak, yeah, yeah, yeah. The weakness in them. So they say. I would we look into it more. Yeah, we look that. into it more. Yeah. I def- yeah, I definitely believe that. But how do they end up getting so many victims then if they if they if they don't have that skill? Similar to the pickup artist guys who were just like, Who's gamey? Who can I who can I who's who's smart enough to chat to but thick enough to fall for this shit? Like it's like yes. to remember, you know those ones um I remember in college a friend of mine was collecting for concern or one of those charity you know, some charity or something. No, it wasn't concern, it was some charity. You know those people with the clipboards there and can I stop you for a minute? Yeah. And a friend of mine was like, went off doing one of these clipboard jobs and she was told, always stop non-attractive people because they will be happy to With give the you contact. their time. Yeah. And I still to this day get stopped all the time by these people. But that's what they, but that's what she was told. She's like, do you go for like not good looking people go for lonely looking people who they could do with a happy. chat. They will be happy. But to give you their know, time. it's your doormat. Yeah, that's I your am. problem. I am a total doormat. Yeah, to be fair, you're not an uggo. It's that you're a doormat. You look at these people with your big eyes going, oh, and they I'm see sorry. that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. You. Well, say, do you want to take a break? And do you want to take a break? And I'll do this for well, you. To be fair, I say it's a combo of being a doormat and also my masculine jawline. But it's probably the whole thing. I don't know, but it's just interesting. So, mm. like, it's the same vibe with the serial killers that they can read something of vulnerability. Um, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not equating clipboards to serial killers. Maybe they am. Actually, I am. But, They're but, so annoying. But the guys who made those companies Sorry. were psychopaths. Then, obviously, who were able to pass down their psychopathic yeah, knowledge to I go believe it. in order to manipulate people into giving you money for nothing. Do this, 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 and this. I've been through sales training and sales jobs, and that's exactly what they say. You have to be really? aggressive. You have to find the person. You know, do all the stuff. Ask for the sale. If you don't get it, bounce because you're not going to get. If they don't, if they're not into it, you fail. Get out, or they're not going to buy anyway. 
don't waste your time with people who are not going to buy okay. and it's just like bang 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 psychopathic unemotional disingenuous like that's 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 what it is i never did it that way i was genuine with people and someone going like i want this and i'm like no nah, that's not what you want man go to a different shop and, and they're some like, people what? some people oh. love sales yeah because they're able to make a lot of money out of it because they can emotionally detach and just like sell you know a, a, a 70 euro a month phone plan to like a 70 year old woman oh, and go like yeah. this is what you need and here's here's your iphone and here's your ipad and she's like i what and there you do have to like there has to be something dissociative there of if course. you can do that yeah yeah it's, gre- it's, it's greed over morals yeah it's no empty no ethics yeah. so but that's oh, how, i think i'm starting to think everyone's a fucking serial killer now do you know even people that do this thing like they use um your name all the time oh yeah that's but that's a learned thing for people who are maybe not good with people that they say if you want to get oh, close really? with people Emma, you just have to keep on say, people's name Emma. you know what i mean or people who who ask I, think do, I do that a bit people who ask do you know what i mean like do you know what i mean oh i say that yeah oh, but you're guilty you, as charged if you're saying that after every sentence you're trying to make a connection with somebody to go like do, do you know what i mean like i you're not responding i need you to respond in order to oh know, mine's to a rhetorical kind of thing it's yeah. like because then sometimes i start to respond and she's like no Dorma, <laughs> stop mm. i did not give you permission to but speak, i'm a, so. i'm always um like cautious or suspicious of people that keep like how so i went to the shop emma and you know the thing about shops emma is that it almost sounds like pedantic or like patronizing where they're going i just went to the shop emma and i bought this but i know it's i know it's a skill that they've you know read somewhere or whatever that they should keep saying the person's name to so that they feel a connection to them or whatever but it um, feels forced. Yeah, I just, I don't know if I'm on the lookout all the time for people. Yeah. But you do have to be aware. And like I, like I said earlier on, if you're not aware, you're fucked. If you're not aware of what I media you're taking in. Rhyme. If you're not. Yeah. <laughs> disappointing. If you're not aware, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> you're not aware, we don't care. Judy thought we were going to start spitting rhymes oh, or yeah. something. Oh, I, I love like, a bit of that. I love a bit of that. Life advice. I was watching Julie a band man actually earlier on there. You know what's in oh, your very pocket? Good. Yeah, oh, so my good. God. Rob is very, very good. Unreal. Yeah, Unreal. Really so, uh, Ted, like, uh, he's going to be played by Zach Efron in this biopic, and it could be an award winner for for zach to be honest but um the 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 part that he's going to be playing is ted uh apparently is going to be ted in the courtroom acting as his own lawyer and this guy had such big fat balls to be arrested for potentially like raping and murdering a 12 year old right so in utah uh ted he confessed to like loads of loads of these crimes and in utah he he was under he was on trial for the the murders of three women he was arrested for these crimes after carol danroch managed to escape and identified bundy in a lineup and he was charged with kidnapping even though like he studied law and he acted as his own lawyer he was charged with kidnapping because he killed one girl and tried to kidnap another and she got away right so carol basically went that's him the good looking lad with the cast and the girl that he killed, Debbie Kent, uh, her mother went to the trial and went up to Ted and went, can you please just tell me where her body is, please? Oh, stop. Please tell me where her body is. And Ted is laughing at her. Like, like, <laughs> you know, it's weird. Oh, and those things are going to be portrayed in the biopic. And it shows the, the contempt he had for other humans, even though he was able to empathize and he had that power. Yeah. A lot of psychopaths don't, do you know? 
like on that autistic spectrum mm. are just not able to engage with people in that way but can still get them to do what they want he was just able to switch it on man and it was so insidious so during the trial for the for the Utah murders, he acted as his own attorney, and because his crimes extended into Colorado, he was put on trial there too. So they moved him from U- Utah State Penitentiary to Colorado, and while he was studying up for the case in the I law library in Colorado, he escaped out through the window yeah. of the toilets. Can you imagine that shit? So he's on the run, he escapes out into evening time Colorado, heads up towards the mountains. And in the dark, he got turned around in the forest and he ended up walking back towards the town. And some cops were like, there's that guy we're looking for who killed a lot of people. Shoop, and, they, and they nabbed him and they put him back into a Colorado uh, uh, state penitentiary. And guess what? He escaped again. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he escaped again out of a vent in the ceiling in his cell. And escaped back out into the world and he headed down to Florida to commit the last murders that would, he would end up getting convicted of and being executed for. But he escaped jail twice. Like, how fucking sly and glick is that fella? Like, that's and serious like, so talk. he made it down to Florida? Yeah. But on what money? From like, Colorado. What was he doing? He was Ted Bundy, man. He was able to charm his way. way. The charisma is a weapon, right? So, uh, he ended up... Um, he, fl- he fled to Florida and in January 1978 he broke into the Chi Omega sorority house at Florida State University and in a mere 20 minutes he committed a murder spree that he would get the electric chair for. He he smashed in the skull of Margaret Bowman with a piece of wood for the fireplace and he, he this is the girl, he ripped off her nipples with his teeth <sighs> and he bit into her arse a whole bunch of times like a rabid animal. And these casts of his teeth in her arse cheeks were taken and he had to oh, defend stop. he had to oh, defend no. those teeth marks in court can you imagine that can you imagine that his, his defense as far as i read his defense was that they got a plaster cast of his teeth and put those marks in her buttocks that's his defense you're like ted are you fucking joking so the other girls were it's over ted is were, right were coming out and going like what what's going on what's going on and Ted jumped out and he battered two girls, Karen Chandler and Kathy Kleiner, on his way out of the house. He battered them so badly that they lost all their teeth. They had broken jaws, broken cheekbones and smashed skulls. Can you imagine that shit? Were they, but did they survive? They survived, both of them, but and their whole okay? faces were mashed. Yeah, they were, I mean, they're still alive, like, with mashed faces. And then he went up the road because he wasn't finished or he didn't didn't get what he wanted out of uh, poor There's Margaret Bowman. A bit Bowman. of a teeth t- themed. This bit of a violence thing, yeah. Bit of a dental themed. This yeah. Last. He ended up going up to another student house up the road, and Cheryl Thomas was asleep in her bed, and he jumped in and he bet the shit out of her and raped her as well, and then went off about his business. And he was off what around. Do you mean I went off about his business. He was off all around uh, about his business around the town. He left the crime scene and all this stuff, and. Uh, he wasn't arrested because nobody could get there in time. But he was identified and arrested and put on trial in Florida. I mean, I don't know if it's the right word, but like the confidence. <laughs> yeah. But, no, but you know, I know it's not the right word. But it's like, like he's ultra doing, personality syndrome. He's doing this on his own. Yeah. Like just booming around the place. Get, having a few beers and then like turning the voyeuristic situation into like Turning up to the equivalent of the big tree. Yeah. Saying, if there was a house party now, like where he, would he's, I go? He's on his own. He doesn't even... The other way, some people might have, like, the the girlfriend or something kind of like... Bonnie being, and Clyde job. Yeah. Or, like, look, keeping sketch. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, you know, but being their rock or, like, though, you know... 
So he it was also, just totally him just. But he was a narcissist, I suppose, at the play, highest order. Okay, so. He played his own fucking lawyer in two court cases. He was and arrested way, in Florida and put on put on trial in Florida and he played his own lawyer. And he relived That's confidence. The, he yeah. relived the crimes, basically, as in he was relishing reliving yeah. these crimes yeah. as a lawyer in the courtroom. In court. I'm going to put up a video on uh, the website or on the BitChute channel at the very least that has transcripts and audio from him under cross-examination describing how he would commit the murders or uh, and what happened with Ted. One of those OJ Simpson if I did it yes, scenarios. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the way he would describe them he disassociated himself from the murders. He said he, he would say like he did this and this and he did this and this like the murderer would blah 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 mm. and he never said like you accuse me of blah 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 said you accuse the murderer of and it was very disassociative very measured and kind of like psychopathic and manipulative because he was the one that was on trial for himself he's so charming in court oh my god wearing a little brown well, jacket he had, gal- he had like a galley women didn't he yeah. or mad for him yeah and Fans. they were coming in every day all like ah girls <laughs> and they were mad for him yeah but he was in court going through the salacious details of these murders. And to be honest, some of them, some of those details kind of hung him because what happened was he ended up getting into this like trance of going and then, and then her jawbone and then her cheek was like pushed in just the right amount. And people are like, just the right amount. That is a weird thing to say. So the, the, the jury ended up being like super creeped out by him by the end. And they were like, yeah, no, he definitely did that shit. Did you hear how he described all those crimes? Mm, definitely. He's like, look at these injuries. They could only be sustained by someone who had a voracious appetite for human flesh or something like it was real yeah. weird, like over the top. You're like, yeah. oh, fuck, dude. You, this is a guy who's like, you know, like a <laughs> like a musician who was asked onto some like panel show and he was asked to critique his own album. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, the, the song is transcendental. You're like, fuck off. So bro. he's yeah. like, oh, if you look at the bite marks here, sweet, sweet flesh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I get a bit freaking weird, yeah. didn't it? I don't know. But Did he lick I'm that just, picture? I'm just starting to get a bit of a weird vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Innocent until proven. But <laughs> I don't know. Did you jury. see him lick that photograph? I'm just not sure. <laughs> they looked down and he was just like gently shaking hands with his Mickey. In the in, you know, there was a, the, just as an aside. Didn't he? You know, there's that weird. <laughs> I just made that flasher thing and she went there. But if you see her face, she went like there. I'm making fun reaction. of this, but also it's a bit traumatic. Um, no, I was going to say, do you know, didn't she? Car- what, that Caroline Boone. Was, did you mention her? I didn't know. There's so many victims. I don't even Car- know. No, she them. wasn't a victim, but she was, uh, she was this one who used to come. Or no, this is gas. So she's t- she every came time to I heard the word "come," I'm like on high alert now. I'm saying, like, I what know you are. <laughs> but Caroline, Ka- Caroline Boone. So she was. He called her as a character witness, and there was this. Oh weird, yes. yeah. And he married her while she was on the witness. Oh yeah, set. there was a loophole in Florida law. A loophole in Florida law. She was under oath. So if you ask, "Will you marry me?" Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Sure. We're married now, because right. she was under oath. So it's like being blessed or whatever by the by the church under the oath of the bible like that was that was a big part of the wariness that the jury would have for ted bundy right okay so that when the crazy another red flag huge yeah and 
there's like there's no point in like transcribing all the stuff he did in court you, you we can pull up the video and you can watch it yourself yeah. it's totally self-evident but some of the explanations he gave how he would stand up and shake his jacket out and button it peacocking peacocking but imitating the prosecution lawyer who did the exact same moves so it's like ted is looking at him going that's what a real lawyer looks like and does okay i'm gonna do that and even when you see him doing that you're like that's weird why would he do the same thing as the other guy does he not have confidence in himself and he thinks if he does that he look more like a lawyer like it seems like like he's a genius but he's also like a, a, a a child Oh, like it's so transparent. So transparent. Yeah. But to him, he thinks like, I'm fooling everybody. Do you know? And maybe one college teenager at a time as he was murdering them and all these things. I'm brilliant. I have loads of control. I have loads of power. But then when put in front of like some real people who weren't up for his bullshit, he just looked yes. like a fumbling child. Mm. Do you know? As much as we've bigged him up and said how amazing he was as a serial killer and how he was able to do us, still. He couldn't play that role no, convincingly. No, yeah. but but he, he was... He had a skill for spotting the people who would. He studied law and politics in college for a small amount of time. He didn't even finish uh, uh, his whole college course. Stay in school, kids. Yeah, big time. Mm. Uh, he didn't finish them all, but he was trained. He said he was trained enough to act as his own lawyer. And do you know what was the, the prerogative of the court to let him do that? He could have done it and made a show of the place. And you've seen lads who asked to be their own lawyers and the, the, the judge is like, no, you're going to make a mockery of this court, whatever. Yeah. But Ted is very respectful until he got into the stuff describing the crimes. And you're like, Jesus. So he spent 10 years in jail before he was given his death row marching orders. Right. And basically he was uh, an exemplary uh, in, incarcerant. He didn't give any trouble. He didn't have any fights. He didn't do any shitty things. And there was people that were totally engrossed with his story and tried to keep on getting into him to uh, find out, like, why would you do the things you do the way you did them? The trial, the fact that he defended himself, the gruesome, like, brutality of the murders drew the attention. Like, it's fucking blood and water. And people were like, oh, I love that shit. Tell me more. Tell me more. Like, this is the... Mm. You're talking about 1989. Like, this is... Uh, uh, red shoe diaries and and you know murder she wrote people are like oh yeah i love it i love it murder she wrote that's gonna be an up to 90 i'm gonna do an episode but she became really dodged there recently didn't or was yeah, she because every, very dodged? because every place that she went someone got killed that's but also why. i mean as a, as a person angela she, lansbury basically jessica lansbury but angela lansbury oh yes yeah. she lansbury. made some mad comments she made a crazy comment about did she? something she's an old woman she's allowed to say shitty things she's i don't know something to do with it's could have been something to do with me too oh, or I something i think it was nearly a, i was sure some of them were asking for a kind of me too comment like that's an old conservative crazy. type woman i guess it was something mad but she's probably she's she's like, jaded how many murders yeah. has she solved come on she's seen some shit her fingers are fucking raw from that typewriter she yeah. just leave her but i know she said something she said something cray cray yeah Par- the party house in cabot cove um but that's another <laughs> one for the up to 90 podcast i'll be I, I'll, I'll do that one I'd love thank to do you it. sir i've loads of 90s references thank you for your podcast so like he he ended up uh, uh um d- defending himself he got put in jail 10 years in jail he's sitting there exemplary uh incarcerant and people would come to interview him and some of the earliest interviews he's after growing a beard and he's a bit dejected he's a bit depressed mm. 
and they're asking him like he has just been sentenced to death <laughs> to be fair yeah i mean uh, it goes he's hand in hand from his mental health yeah it goes hand in hand and he's you dressed to check in with yourself <laughs> yeah have you tried to mindfulness mindfulness ted try to be Talk. here now <laughs> Feet on the floor. <laughs> Feel that floor. <laughs> he ended up. He ended up uh, giving these interviews and denying all the crimes, denying everything, denying till you die, right? Uh, literally until you die. And he ended up um, telling all these interview interviewers from ABC and CBS and all these mm. network guys were coming trying to get the scoop on Ted Bundy, you know. And 10 years they were doing that. The first interviews, he's completely n- like nonchalant, cool, James Dean type of, you know, what do you want from me? His hair is a little bit unkempt. He has a beard. Mm. He looks a bit more rugged, still good looking. And he still has all those fans. All those girls are still writing mm. him love letters going. Sending him new pics, yeah. erotic stories, yeah. all that. You yeah. can chop my head off all all day. You know, <laughs> what fucking mad shit is that? You know, Same with Charlie Manson was getting it too, getting married in, in jail and everything. So a few days. This is what you're up against. Yeah, like, it's too much. I was single for yeah. so long. I don't think we've talk about looking for a good man. Like, how fucking hard up would you be before you're like, yeah, Ted Bundy? I'd love I've him. I've met too. someone, and you need to be supportive of this relationship. <laughs> and it's Ted Bundy, <laughs> and stop. Julie, Julie, don't lose the head. Come what on. Was you? Wasn't you the fella in? Um, what's the fucking the big show that was on Making a Murder? Yeah. Like Stephen Avery. Yeah, and you were like, oh, that, that fucker can find love. I mean, for fuck's sake, Emma. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Did you see Brendan Dassey's appeal got rejected there? Oh, God bless him. He never gets to the wrestling. <laughs> Fucking WrestleMania. Who yeah. started that campaign? Get him to WrestleMania. <laughs> the WrestleMania people. They offered, yeah, they offered him a load it of money for them. his defense. Yeah, yeah. They paid a load of money for him. Poor little dot. I know. They're, they're making a second season of that as well. They're going to blow the shit wide open. And, I know because uh, you, you did a podcast on this. We did a long time ago. Um, can you tell me what your theory was? Or no, that's totally digressing. Totally digressing. Okay, but sorry, you can listen to the episode and I talk oh, about no, you. Because yeah. I have my own theory, so I want to listen to the episode. We could do. We could do for season two of Making a Murder. We could do a, a recap episode. Is the tell mm. me is that is the second series? Is it going to be about them? They're still making it. I don't know what it's about. It's a musical. But it's about that story, yeah, continuing on and the the appeal and stuff like that. Um. <laughs> Teresa Halbeck, she died in a fire pit down the farm. Teresa, it's a musical. Are these her keys? Are these her keys? Are these her keys? Found a little bit of come behind the cabinet. Found a little bit of come behind I the cabinet. I musicals. I was great. <laughs> I wanted to jump in there. Greece. Um Yeah. Hmm. You know Grace? No, I do. I'm trying to think of a Annie. Grace. Annie, come on, uh, you're Annie. Uh, but I had the truck. Ooh, cause they're coming soon. That's good. They're gonna find the truck on you. But I had the truck. <laughs> I like your one. The keys. Oh, these are keys. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> that's just a Christmas song. Yeah, that's, that's a home alone. Uh, Christmas la, 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 song. I should have gone Christmas song. Yeah. Yeah. Mass market. That's what I was thinking. Um, it sells every year. That's why. Yeah. Christmas Boom. songs is the one you want to be writing. So when he was being interviewed after he was incarcerated, he was a little bit nonchalant. He was a little bit like, yeah, yeah whatever. Okay. Playing aloof. He was told seven days before he was to be executed, you seven days, boss. They didn't want to give him a long, like two, three months as they usually do because oh. they didn't want any unwanted media attention. They didn't want him freaking out or getting, you know, like trying to drum up uh, support for his appeal because he was such a high profile prisoner. 
right? Bananas. Yes. So what happened was he got a bunch of these quote unquote experts to come in and uh, interview him in his last days. And there was this one guy, uh, Bob Keppel, who is a retired police officer now. He was, this was uh, Bob's first case when he, he got on it in uh, the late 70s. And he followed the whole thing through. And he's waiting for 15 years for Bundy to basically go, look at this is what I've done and this is how you'll close out all of those crazy fucking cases. And he interviewed him in his last days and Keppel followed these these murders all the way through. Never could solve loads of them. And he finally got his chance to go, look at, I want to I wanna talk to Bundy face to face. I want to ask him. And like Bundy in these uh, interviews led people down the garden path. He would, you know, he wanted an extra 60 to 90 days uh, to tell the full story of all of these murders he had seven and bob keppel was like i'm gonna keep you alive man don't worry i, I, I let you i let you stay alive uh, i think the new season of mindhunter is gonna have a character of bob keppel in it oh yeah fingers crossed I liked that series brilliant really oh. really good uh talking about ed, ed kemper and creating that whole uh fbi profiling technique um bundy said he had much more to tell and you can watch these interviews they're harrowing and cringe at best uh, but they're all on YouTube and you can watch Bob and uh, Ted Bundy have it out. But but Keppel did get Bundy to assist in the Green River killer case. And Ooh, eventually, yeah, I read that. eventually led to Bundy confessing to loads of unidentified crimes before he died. Uh, up to up to 22 crimes he, he uh, uh, confessed to. And then after his death, they were able to use the information that he gave to tie him to 14 more. So it was 36 was the the grand total um people online are you know chatting about bundy being homaged uh, uh in mindhunter and i like i think that would be class to see how keppel and uh, like how how if, if you watched the first season you saw how ed kemper basically like spilled it all out for i think um nolan is the, the character's name um, so is he he's the big huge guy big is massive he? guy yeah. with the glasses yeah yeah, yeah okay. and he's the one that like ripped off people's heads and used to fuck their throat holes and stuff like that and he's yeah. all like it was my mother it was all my mother's fault they she always never she the never loved me yeah well i mean that's the original trauma right that yeah. shit's happening like poor old ted he didn't know who his dad was found out it was his granddad it's like mother like Aww. that's what's gonna happen uh, but in Mindhunter, there, there's also going to be features of Charles Manson, your boyfriend, uh, David Berkowitz and the Atlanta child murders. And David Fincher confirmed them himself uh, quite okay. recently. So it's going to be Mindhunter is going to be the shots for the true crime fans out there. Um, like James that. Dobson was also a, a, a guy who was uh, interviewing uh, Bundy in his last days, a busy man in his last week. Uh, a decidedly conservative psychologist called James Dobson, who was uh, on a campaign of anti-porn usage, got Bundy to confess to a whole host of morally outrageous behavior. And uh, we're talking about like w- watching porn and getting stuck into porn and then trying to find more and more and more extreme porn until he found the maddest shit you could find. And we're talking about like the late 70s, early 80s. So porn had just moved from like the CD porn theaters that you see, you know, if you watch Boogie Nights, they changed mm. over from like cinema to video cassette. Yeah. And it was basically just homemade everything. And there was a, a huge proliferation of, uh, of porn put out into the American culture. And there was a lot of people who were against this, a lot of conservative religious people who were like, no, this is going to destroy America from the inside. And... A lot of people were like, it's crass, it's just a bit of porn, man. Fucking relax, you know. Bundy, I think, wanted to throw a spanner in the works. He wanted to just be a contrarian, be a little bit of a, a cunt. And he said, 
porn made me do all these murders. Was it a marketing ploy? Maybe. Maybe it was just... That's on trend right now. He might have just had... Was he just maybe having the crack that he was just kind of throwing? Yeah, he was having his own fun, being manipulative one last Mm -hmm. time in whatever capacity he could be. And there was a a Baptist minister as well that was... uh, Had a a platform of of no porn or whatever. And he came in to interview him as well. So Bundy got on this whole bint of like, porn is the reason. And wasn't he saying that like, as as a young Ted, he was going around... Looking through ditches pe- and trash bags. And yeah. All. Yeah. I mean, sorry, but who's throwing out their porn? Well, now I have to say. <laughs> and also a peer came along and said, that's total bullshit. I was spent years looking for porn and couldn't find it in that yeah. town. But the thing was, Ted said he was going around and he found like some porn magazines in the ditch. He also told about his stepfather's porn collection or whatever. There is porn just abandoned in ditches in places. You'll see that shit like. So Why? boys find can, porn and girls find strippers in bushes. Is that what happened? That's basically what happens, Emma. Well, not the, the strippers, flashers. Uh, flashers. Well, Emma, the ones looking for fa- a fag certainly do. Yeah. What do you think mm. your man was doing when he's making his hand? He was looking at bush porn. So basically, I you don't want to touch to, it. You just want to leave need, it in the bush. I have to see that, and then you and your friends get to find the abandoned porn. Yeah. Sure, it's no wonder they've got their wings out. Circle of like That's what porn. the whole thing is yeah. now. I understand the whole process. In the bushes they find all the pornos. And you bring them right home straight away. And you don't know if all of those fannies are shaved And you really hope that it's not gay It's the circle of porn Yeah, for manana Um, what was I going to say? It's not going to come Oh, we're still going, okay, you know that. He's just too nervous She's just working something out right now, that's what's happening but seriously, like he's semi at best. He, okay. he, he talked about finding. He talked about finding porn in the ditch, right? Yeah. And when when dug deeper into that accusation against pornography, James Dobson found out. Yeah. That he 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 was too young to have found porn. There was no there was no like pornos actually made. There was no like porn magazines on the top shelf. He goes, right. I remember as a young child walking into the store and having pornos on the top shelf and feeling like. Bleh, bleh, bleh. James Dobson called BS. Well, after, obviously, oh. not to yes. his face because everyone was licking his hole to try and get him to tell where he buried all those girls' heads. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the bodies. Right? So they were saying like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you found it, the pornos on the top shelf. There was no porn being produced like that to be on the top shelf so of places. the timelines didn't match None up. at all, because it's fucking bullshit. But what did match up was, he said, yeah, I used to find these bags and they had like loads of pornos and loads of true crime magazines. Yes. And it seemed to be the true crime magazines and the covers and images that were drawn of women in bondage being the choked. The were awful. To, well, I mean, it's not made for children, but when children find it in a bag, he was like, yeah, that porno. Maybe his young mind is conflating Conflated like the two, yeah. you know a, a, a peep show or a razzle or one of those 70s pornos mm. with some kind of true crime uh, 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 you know uh, pulp magazine where it has cartoons of women like tied up and being stabbed and cut open and like bound and strangled and he's like oh I love a bit of that maybe it was in him from a very young age like that you know yeah that was that that trauma of his young life and he was just like yeah this is the thing that gets me off like I want to hurt women in my head, I just want to hurt women. That's mm. 
that's that's the thing that was getting think, him off and he called it yeah, porn you know I think so. like everyone can be exposed to things varying degrees of you know aren't appropriate or whatever you know bad experiences but I think certain people or certain brains process that information in a different, in a different way, way sure. and kind of like that it I don't know it's soaked into their skulls or like their being but I think I think he's the kind of character like obviously he was very good at kind of influencing and um, manipulating people but he obviously the way his mind was he was going to get into something something weird something weird yeah whatever I like whatever that weird thing was mm. you know maybe seeing those magazines triggered that weird but I think he could have seen something else and it would have triggered another weirdness maybe like, he was waiting to find his weirdness and he saw it on that magazine he's like ah, that's the thing i want to do mm. i think it was gonna it, it was catalyst, go- but it wasn't the reason why i he think he was going to women. kill and rape women but how it was going to happen or you know what way he was going to do it or whatever mm. maybe know. maybe he was informed by popular culture like it's like oh yeah get the college co-eds and yeah blah 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 maybe maybe that informed it but i you know i mean i, re- I think the porn yeah. thing was a was a kind of a hoax just to get some yeah. drum up some publicity oh big time yeah i yeah, i, I um i read a psychology meme so i gotta know what i'm talking about yeah i've read a, <laughs> a few real inspirational meme yeah. vibe i heard mm. there was a there was like rob has been on the show before robert coyle and he's he's ascertained and we read it before that someone who has had six significant childhood traumas under the age of 10 are 100% more likely to partake in intravenous drug abuse in their adult life. Why is okay, So if you yes. have six shitty things happen to you when you're a kid, like traumatic level things, do you know? Yes. Like a parent dies or you've been like sexually assaulted or something like that level of trauma you're 100% more likely. Oh, I'd believe that. To yes. take intravenous well, drugs. But universally that, across the board, yeah. like people are going on to heroin or some yeah. kind of you know, crank you or whatever. something has happened or is happening to lead to this? To lead to a, a, a base level of psychological pain that can only be numbed and fixed by intravenous opiates or whatever. Yeah. Like oh, that's yeah, some serious definitely. shit. And he oh, wasn't yeah. on drugs. He didn't drink or didn't do drugs. Like he was, Ted Bundy was clean as a whistle. Oh, he uh, had a couple for Dutch courage, did he? he? Well, he was mad for the drink when he was young. But as he got older, then he ended up stopping drinking because he wanted to control himself. Now, people say also in these interviews, he would disassociate. And he talked about the thing that's inside of him as the entity. It was a thing that took him over. Mm. He, he, he self-actualized. That's convenient though, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, you can see that in a lot of different serial killers or even in like performers and artists where they'll disassociate into their performance mentality, their performance persona. And disassociative identity disorder and trauma are very closely linked. And if he is drinking and abusing drugs and then gets sober, he's got to find a way to release. And as he got sober, his crimes became more violent and were aimed at different people like younger girls and he was taking bigger chances even though he wasn't drinking well, so, so he was sober but he was being more risky about that yeah time. because oh, he needed okay. a bigger fix he, he like when he was drunk and he was doing the thing he barely remembered in the morning and there was uh, there was transcripts from those interviews as well like there's no point in 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 kind of reeling out all the all the the stuff you could read out the stuff from his interviews it's yes. better to watch because as his facial expressions move and stuff you're like you fucking bullshitter man 
he was he said he used to sit in his car and try to convince himself not to do the thing oh, while also knowing that he was definitely going to do it but there was some part of inside of him trying to plead i think maybe just him trying to humanize himself and get more time before he gets executed nice. uh, but these were in very public interviews he's like and i'd sit in my car and i'd think do you really have to do this ted do you really have to do this Come on, you don't have to do this today. And then I end up going out and doing the murder. Like as I got, as I got my hatchet and my whatever, yeah. and, and put on my crowbar. fake cast. But that's the thing. I mean, like he said, he was ninety nine percent good guy and one percent the entity, and that's what he called it, the entity. And that was the thing that was running his 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 decision making, uh, made him do those awful things. And he said he went out of his body and he used to do this and. I mean, ripping off the yeah, nipple with fun. teeth and biting your one's arsenal. That kind of sounds like a guy who's after losing control and then to be able to turn around mere months later and conduct yourself in such a professional manner that a court of law in the US would allow you to be your own attorney in a, in a well, murder trial where you're the, f- you're the fucking uh, uh, defendant like that's bananas hashtag fail yeah Florida courts because seriously what were they thinking what the F like Major but that's that, that's what I mean so uh, basically um, uh, Ted was sentenced to death and he was going to be executed at Florida, Florida State Penitentiary and in 1989 after being on death row for 10 years he got to sit on the fabled old Sparky there was a crowd of 500 people outside the prison singing songs and cheering for his eventual demise uh, for like a week up to uh, like from when it was announced up to the time that he died it was like a small little festival and people had um you know, T-shirts printed up and had signs like "Burn Bundy, Burn" and all these funny. Oh, I see you know, what they did there. Yeah, yeah, yes. it was real. Burn yeah. Bundy, Burn. Mm. Yeah, it's clever. It's clever. Mm-hmm. But they and had, did they do the glittery faces and all that kind of hipster jazz? That was probably a bit, yeah, bit much. Yeah, just goes dead at this point. Yeah, fair enough. Um, okay. But they had a lot of signs. They had a lot of TV interviews of people who were like, I know the guy who did the thing with the girl that he raped and murdered and blah, blah, blah. And I can't wait to see him fry. And people are on TV like going like, Mur- kill this motherfucker, kill him. Like, you're like, that's a person's life. You're you're baying yeah. for blood. This is like fucking Nero Circus. Or it's like, you know, oh, say him yeah, it's like the gladiator, like thumbs up or thumbs oh, down yeah. thing, you know, um, people are. It was like an old, uh, an old-fashioned uh, uh, hanging. You know, they'd have yeah. in the old west uh, on the gallows, and everyone would get around and have like some popcorn and a, a beverage. Mm. And we're outside having a party all night. So the night that he died was a Monday night going into Tuesday, and uh, uh, basically they were they were sitting outside waiting for it to happen, and it was announced at like quarter past seven in the morning. Yeah, Ted Bundy's after getting the the juice, and they were like, yeah, like you know, uh, singing na 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 na. Na 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 na, hey hey hey, goodbye. Like for an hour after the man was killed, like fucking hell. They're, they're, that's that's a crazy crowd, do you know? But they were Floridians, and they were like, I I'm proud of my state. I don't want somebody like that Floridians, here. Is that the thing when you put it in the water and it's like government trying to drug us with? The Cl- it's close. It's yeah. close. Yeah. Okay, just checking. Ashling Fitzgibbon would know all about that. She's, yeah, the girl against Floride. Uh in his final days, though, the interviews with Keppel and Dobson, he, he, he confessed to, uh, like, 22 other murders, and he detailed what happened to confirm his involvement, basically telling the gruesome details that only he would know, because only, you know, uh, uh, the girl, Bundy, the forensic detective, and Jesus knew what happened. Mm. He was able to say, like, I took her jaw, and I, you know, I broke her back, and I snapped her pelvis, or did whatever. 
Um, and there was uh, uh, the, the, the Methodist minister that I told you about, F- uh, Fred Lawrence, he was the one that went in and went, so you're telling me about this porn is what, what corrupted your soul. Please tell me. And that was on TV. Mm-hmm. And it caused this like panic uh, around pornography in America in, in the late 80s and early 90s. And if anyone's out there old enough to be starting your masturbation career at that time, like, could you maybe let me know info at com? what kind of an effect that had on your on your 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 favorite pastime your furious masturbating yeah i mean you couldn't get any stuff on any like all the the top shelf was all like covered in paper bags and you couldn't see it and all this there there was a huge Mm. panic around it There was even like uh, debates in congress around pornography like are we talking um bread and spread ophelia panic (laughs) that level of panic uh, for those that don't know, Ophelia was a small snowstorm where everyone in Ireland was out and bought every snow. bit of fucking food in the place. We were really scared we were going to run out of bread. I was doing uh, Instagram stories from the little up the road and it was course, empty yeah. like it was the fucking end of the world. But um, yeah, Bundy basically with, with this with this pastor, with uh, uh, Fred Lawrence, spent the night weeping and crying was the, the, the story. Weeping and crying. And his last words as he was led to uh, Old Smokey and he was sat down he said give my love to my family and friends and uh, what friends would you still have I, I mean, mean for got, God's sake you've killed a hundred people he's got like his, his wife yeah his bo- his bowling team you know <laughs> the lads from the lads from uh, the lads from the frisbee club in okay, college or something surely he had somebody hide and seek club he was a nice guy he wasn't he didn't rape everyone fair enough do you know um, but yeah, the, the lads believed that there was uh, dozens more as we were trying to get these confessions out of him. Um, 13 murders after he, after he died were solved because of information that was given. And uh, at the time of his death, there was 42 people sat there to watch him uh, get the get the volts. He was let in at six o'clock and at quarter past seven, 16 minutes past seven, he was pronounced dead uh, by just one go of the juice on, uh, on Old Sparky. And... Uh, yeah, they sang. They sang all morning, and went obviously went out to an early house and had a celebratory breakfast. Now that Bundy mm-hmm. was dead, it seemed a little bit callous, but also he's the guy who's biting off people's nipples and raping and bludgeoning people to death. Yeah, so. I mean, raping them with bedposts and this he kind wouldn't of stuff. be the yeah. first I'd mourn. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's just it seems so weird that this was like um, they didn't get their justice as they saw it with Charlie Manson because he didn't get the he 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 got his death sentence commuted because the law was changed in the state of California um, just a little bit after he was incarcerated to abolish the death sentence. But Florida definitely has that motherfucker and they were wanting to put him down. Bundy's a bad old pup. So how long was he on death row then? Ten years. Okay. So he and was, in death he row was, terms, that... Maybe a short enough time, I'd say. That's There's short enough. Some people are on it much longer, but they have appeals pending and appeals pending and stuff right. like that. So it's... It's quite difficult to know how long you're going to be on death row, but you know what's going to happen at the end of it. Yeah. Everyone's always waiting for the for the governor to go like, no, you don't, you know, you know, pull the fucking, pull the button or whatever. Waiting for Netflix to make a documentary. Yeah, fingers crossed, you know. But Ted Bundy, like, there's so much stuff that you couldn't go through in a podcast because it makes no sense. There's no point in recanting his mm-hmm. interviews. You nearly need to watch them yourself. But it's more to kind of analyze the, the draw in Ted Bundy. Mm. He was a charismatic and attractive person who got what he wanted in the most insidious way but still was loved by some while taking the stand for the murders that he committed very publicly and brutally these details of these murders were being shown and yet people were turning up to the court going I fucking love you like 
That's bananas. Getting married in the witness box. That's bananas. So it was just, I don't know, like that they just couldn't believe it because it was just so like ridiculous that somebody would do like the crime to the face. They just couldn't. I think it was so beyond regular human comprehension that they just couldn't join the dots whatsoever. They disassociate Bundy's actions from his personality. I think the the Beatles fans in the gallery, you'd have to say there was something like that going on. Because I think what loads of people said about him is that they didn't think he was weird or creepy or whatever. Mm. They got no like vibe off him that. Yeah, he was in my class. He was a bit of a weird fuck. I kept away. I think everyone kind of liked him. He was bullied in school uh, uh, because he was shy in, in middle school. And then when he got to high school, he kind of came around to himself and he wasn't yeah. out and being like super flamboyant or, uh, you know, obstreperous. He was just a normal kid who wouldn't fuck around. Yeah. Usually you get the vibes like of somebody, you know, this lad is, this lad's a bit weird. Yeah. You know, we've done a few different uh, kind of uh, old school true crime episodes, but there's some like um, um, the Toy Box Killer, David Parker Ray who was totally fine until he reached his mid to late 30s and then he ended up kidnapping young ones on the side of the road in New Mexico and bringing them to a box he had buried under the ground with a dentist chair in it and like sexually torturing them for like a week and then killing them and cutting them up in bits. But like he was totally fine until something snapped on him in his 30s and he just decided to start doing that. Or maybe his whole life he was just waiting for a chance to be able to do that. Do you know? Like Joseph Fritz are the same. Any Any of these guys are committing these heinous crimes. Is it something that creeps up and builds up and builds up in Bundy definitely yes and it starts off with sexual deviancy creeping in windows having a bushwhank and then that then after a few beers he gets the confidence to climb in a, a, a co-ed's window and batter her to death and, and rape her with the bedpost of her bed like there's a small step that's very defined like that's a it's a, it's a small step for man <laughs> and a huge step for we're just to you we're like it's fine for you Gordo we're their prime targets well, I might be I mean, either, the like. idea no but any, the most the serial killers kill women snap. don't they John Wayne Gacy yeah, but no do most serial killers kill that women that is not the question she most asked. women serial killers kill men do most serial on, killers equality, kill women equality most female serial killers kill men come give on give me the name of one female ser- serial killer I will on our next episode. Thank you. And you're the expert. I'm not an so expert. It's just, I'm far from an expert. Know, no, I know. We're walking home to our cars now uh, in a short while. Sure. And, you know, this thing of that the issue that any man in our lives can suddenly turn and decide to take us to a box underground <laughs> <laughs> and sexually torture us in a dentist chair, which I just think adds to the indignity. Straight off. Like, just the look mean, at that chair, you'd be just like... Uh, and he bought that at a police auction, ironically, imagine. I'm not even scared of the dentist, but when I see shit to do with dentist stuff, oh, dentist stuff on TV, or in the movie, like, they're meant to be the scary bit. Yeah. I just freak Lose the fuck shit. out. Yeah. And I don't even mind the dentist. I'm fine, but I see that chair. Did you chair. wear braces when I you were a kid? You've no. lovely teeth. I've never had any, She's see, I've never had any bad experiences. You. Emma has unreal Swear. teeth. Unreal, amazing. How are your teeth so white? I meant to ask you this. White and straight your, and what's perfect. Your, what's strips. your secret? <gasps> strips. What strips? Bacon strips <laughs> for breakfast every morning. Colgate? Um, Crest. I'm going to give them a whirl. Yeah. Hashtag SP. If you're going to be a public figure, you got to get that. 
Gotta get the yeah. Gotta get the brown line. down. But yeah, I mean, like, thank <laughs> <laughs> you, Gordo. It's one. It's one of the things like uh, that I don't really experience, I guess, which is like patriarchy or whatever those things are called. Like, I don't, I don't ever feel threatened. And no. like we said earlier on, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a man's biggest fear is a woman will laugh at him, and a woman's biggest fear is a man will kill her. Oh, it's so true. Like, Do you know, even. Like just little things Shane was saying to me, oh, why don't you listen to that while you're out? You know, like say if I was walking back from a gig to my car. And like I, a podcast or music or something. Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, you should listen to that. Like, you know, when you're on your own, it's like, well, I'm not going to because it's going to be late at night. I'm not going to be walking around town with my headphones in because then I won't be conscious if someone's coming yeah, up behind very me. True. And you see, he would never function in that kind of way. He would just like. It's fine. Like, what are you talking Just like about? when you're at a party, you can't get absolutely smashed if there's loads of strange men around because somebody no. might try and drop the hand. Of course. But I think every moment, like when you're in male company, ultimately you are taking a leap of faith that they will not hurt me. Because they It's can. a social yeah. contract, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same but as having a front door. Could... Someone could fucking bash the front door and invade your house like the strangers. Oh, yeah, but I just think that's And tie you up and fuck you up. Like 99% of the time, like I know in my case anyway, like a male could physically overpower me. You know what I mean? So, like, it's that, it's that constant feeling of, I better not piss him off too much because he could kill me with his bare hands. You know, it's yeah. just that kind Honestly. It's like every moment you're living true. in trust. You know, like, you're like trusting. <laughs> no, but I, it is like... Yeah, I guess. Because I was trying to explain it to somebody and I said, okay, have you been in a situation where you've... If someone has made sexual advances towards you that you didn't feel the same way or whatever? And m- most people said, like, of course I have. Yeah. You know. Who hasn't? Who? Come on. Am yeah. I right? I was like, well, have you experienced that with somebody who's physically bigger, stronger than you and there is physically intimidating? And they're like, mm, no. So that's, a, you know, that I mean, that's a different thing. Yeah. When somebody, you know. The, Im- the implication know, is there. Yes. Yeah. Somebody like, doesn't necessarily have to say, but you will know by somebody's body language, like this person is aggressive. So you can't actually say to the person, y- y- like if you're in that kind of situation where you're cornered and there's no one around, the best thing for you to do at that point isn't probably say, go fuck yourself because it could end up much worse. So you like, can't let's not yes. turn this rape into a murder. Yeah. yeah so you have to kind of think on your feet don't you, you? and kind so of careful and like kind refuse of, but kind of like don't hurt anybody's feelings it's all like it's a big fuck up you're now, constantly I'd, trying to think like until, until you get away from them and then yes. you can just go on twitter straight away and be like hashtag me too yeah yeah but it doesn't happen so much for us now because like we're in our 30s so we're old yeah yeah like 29 that was like we squeezed all the last shit in and then we got to 30 and we were old and dry and only it might happen like once a year now. Maybe at Christmas when people are drunk just and when people are feeling like, oh shit, I thought you were twenty four. Yeah, oh, yeah, I don't want to yeah, be yeah. aggressive to you, yeah. granny lady. You're yeah. going to you're going to Edinburgh. Julia is. I think for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So there's loads of like, um, you know, unwanted sexual advances in in comedy. I so cannot wait. You surely get I something. Cannot wait. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. especially when I'm flying. Right. I'm really, really <laughs> going to be looking forward to. Yeah, that. of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you took a flyer, so ultimately, who am I to say you can't? That's hard, but I suppose you, yeah. after like twenty I, minutes, I, I you're just used to it, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, that's enough. Yeah. just adjust. As we already stated, human beings, we adapt, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Is it is it really like I I 
I'm not finding it hard to believe. I fully understand it because I'm dealing with all of these cases and reading all this stuff. And going, oh, yeah. yeah. Rape is every place. But is it like that prolific for young women from like 15 until they're like 25? Where it's just a constant just like like, battle of like batting away semi-erect penises just on a constant basis. I would say the most of it would have happened in my teens when I looking back at it now, like people obviously knew that I was young, that I was in a school uniform. Like Things like you get comments from old men shouting Aww. at you across the street, commenting on. But did you used to roll up your skirt and stuff? No. And then roll it back down when you're coming back from lunch? Oh, well, no, actually, we used to roll up our skirt, but we'd roll it just to our knee. So we ah. all had, it wasn't like roll up to your arse or whatever. Just to the knee. But you would get, I remember starts. lots of times like you'd get old, like, and now when I say old men, I mean men who were like, you know, your dad's age, kind of an older. They so like shout, in their late 30s, early 40s? Yeah, and oh. they would shout stuff that's at you. That's us now, though. That's yeah. the thing. So you that's imagine so you shouting at a 14 year old girl. Like, I remember walking down the street and I'm, I have a lollipop, like, uh, like fucking innocent and he's like oh I like the way you're sucking that or whatever and I kind of in my head I'm like what a creepy fuck but I don't want to make that a situation so I just go <laughs> she wouldn't do that nowadays but, but I don't know like I'd say See, that's this is kind of thing goes on I couldn't imagine saying that to like a grown woman that I'm that I have I am no, but they don't. In that currently or have been in the past in a sexual relationship with. I wouldn't even say. No, but they don't say it to grown. They don't say it to grown women. They say it to young teenage girls. A young teenage girl who. That's is where not most. Armed. That's where most of the like creepy targeting happens, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because it, like somebody who isn't you know armed with the response mechanism or like isn't necessarily who ultimately yes was isn't sure enough of herself and her place in the world to say do you know what would you ever so it's like it's like bundy or a psychopath looking at a crowd and going i can do that there's lots of things like i know a perfect example or like would be that say you're a teenage girl right say you're 15 and you're at a party or you're at a disco that you've lied to your parents about like that you're not meant to be there they already know you're in a compromised position. Yes. Sure. Do you know what I mean? So I would say like that's prime. I just know like from friends like that they would something might happen at a thing. But their main worry is like, oh, I don't want to tell my parents because we we told them that we were sleeping in Claire's house. But it wasn't Claire's house. Yeah. It was Sarah's house. And um, like nothing like crazy bad ever happened to me, but just like weird Fucking and then it's the blame just thing a of, general okay, sexual I, malaise yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and it's that blame thing of oh well i place myself in that sketchy situation it kind of goes back to what we were talking about about that drama three girls it's yes. like oh well i placed myself in that situation so but that's the grooming you know, part of that of course like you abuse, internalize yeah. it yeah. and you say well what was i to expect like he gave me those cans he was really nice to i owed him kind of and i was really mean yeah. i was really rude you know it's that kind and do you know thing. what do you know what pisses me off and i just like every time i hear it or see it or read it i just i really and it's only one of the few things that makes me nearly fucking flip my lid is when this thing of i thought she was older than she was oh yeah now if that girl is 13 if you talk to her for 10 seconds you will know that she's not an adult oh like but that thing but i think people still kind of say well she was wearing a lot of makeup yeah she did look a bit older like no yeah i'm sorry she didn't taste 13 (laughs) 
But, but I do so that think pisses me. That pisses me off. Yeah, that, but sure, that's 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 know? a defense mechanism. And the people yes. who don't want to believe it's happening, men and women, go, yeah, I prefer to believe that than the fact that. But it you actually see, that's happened. it. You're you're fed this stuff, and it's only then, as you come into your adulthood, you realize that. Oh, like you don't want to piss anybody off. Flashers, like, oh, they don't mean any harm. But you know how people she's got away with it for so long? Like, or she's a bit of a slut. The priest you know? was at it. Like, who, who's at Like, he's not supposed to be in a sexual relationship anyway. And yeah. it's with, like, a young boy or young girl. You're like, mm. And people still let it happen because they're like, ah, no, I, w- I don't believe that. Don't believe that could happen. He's he's the priest. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's... It's strange to, to think of. Well, Ted wasn't really at the coercion part. You can understand how he, he'd come out and he'd go like, hey, do you want to help me with, with these books? But like the first few were just him jumping into the room and there's just a woman in the bed and he just baits her to death and rapes her with a bedpost. Like there's nothing really you can do to defend that. That's not a, a decision on the victim where you can go like, yeah, I, I did everything I could. But to be a woman and worry like at all times, some, some shit could go down now and I won't be able to do anything about it. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's kind of understandable how like a lot of people in the US carry guns because they know like I have that safety if someone fucks around I just pull out my yeah. Saturday night special pull out my, my, my 45 and just be like you, you, are you, you, you want to fuck around with me because I fucking shoot you in the dick and that seems to be well I suppose well, like if everyone around you it's like kind of it's a like self-fulfilling kind of thing like that everyone's going to have well. a gun around you you're not going to feel safe if you don't have a gun. But sure, this is it. It's like I mean, I feel, that kind, you know, if I feel has a no gun. need to have a gun. But if I lived in a house and both my next door neighbours had guns and like everyone on my street had a gun, I'd be like, I better fucking get a gun. Yeah. But you know, like, I'm like, what am I doing here without a gun? But sure, of course. Like, it, it just makes sense that, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree that like you're just automatically making yourself vulnerable if you don't row in. But I don't understand but the, the feeling, gun thing the at feeling all. of self-protection when so if you know someone's going to fuck with you, that you either have like a martial art or some yes. training. Like I know that a lot of women go to like attack training. And it's like no, not today. Yeah, Kicking we, the balls. We like, would have done that in school. Yeah, when but we were that's about sixteen. But of then the different, you know, the different points kinda, or whatever. I don't think women's safety should be dependent on like women protecting themselves i think just men should be told listen would you mind not raping women now there Mm. is the argument for not changing yourself but expecting the world to change around you because it isn't a good thing that men do be doing the raping but you're not going to be able to stop them by wanting them to so you're going to have to change how you operate to be able to make sure that that doesn't happen if that means being more self-aware in situations being told frankly and honestly as a young teenager yeah men have dicks and they want to put them in you this is a thing that happens watch out for that shit instead of you at 16 walking up to a guy with a fag and he has his dick in his hand and you're like um i know this is not right but i'm still going instead of you just going taking out your phone and going click you're on the fucking internet motherfucker yes you pedo like that's they're the actions that people need to be taking rather than like you're talking about the secrecy and the the guilt and the shame and all of these things you want to see in the world yeah because you're not going to be able to make men stop raping that is an impossibility i'm not saying don't and no matter how much social chiding and how much the hashtag me too's and times ups and all of these things like the threat of being caught is never more prevalent and yet people are still doing it like if the if that massive public shaming and threat through social media and through the law 
like people are getting slapped with with with, su- with super uh, uh, heavy uh, um, incarceration times for doing these sexual crimes now because people want to make it a deterrent. If that's still not deterrent, like think about it. I know, now but that's what is I'm saying. so much more of a dangerous time to fuck children. And like the Louis C.K. joke from his Saturday Night Live uh, monologue, he's like, "It's so dangerous to fuck children. And everyone's watching, everybody's watching, and yet people still fuck children." Like, how good must it be to oh, be a pedophile? Around his joke. Well, and, he should and have been fucking binned when he made that joke. But but that's the thing. Like, we didn't he know what was happening. He, we didn't know what he was doing when he said that. But the logic of that is but him practical. Saying that on a stage, I think, is nearly to me. It's just it's. I, now I'm not totally okay with what he did necessarily, but I to me saying that about children is just the most repulsive statement that any human being could make. I'll disagree I mean, with you because it's only words. And no, but, it no, was but a I joke a that was statement. made. Yeah, but it was a joke that was made that caused a massive controversy which drew but attention to a situation. No, but what I'm saying is I, I know it's only words and I know it was a joke. So I do get that. I'm saying I think you can see in him the second it's out of his mouth. He knows he's fucked up. Because no, he, that is... of course, he. that was the whole plan. He wanted to offend. Okay, well, maybe I don't get it. Yeah, he wanted to offend. Okay, well, maybe I don't but get it. But think about the logic behind it. Like, people are still doing those things, even though it's never more dangerous to, to, to try and risk everything Yeah. to get your end away. All the DNA, like surveillance. Everything. Your the culture phone around tracking it. where you are, like uh, so even much. going out grooming kids, like everyone's watching, going like, "Hey, if I can stay away from those kids, you 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 look a bit weird." Like yeah. a stranger, everyone's on, on, on tenter hooks, like, and still they'll try and do it. So there's no way that you're going to be able to change the outside world to feel safer. You're going to have to change you and how you operate. And like you say, you don't wear headphones on the way home. It co- it's a terrible thing that you can't listen to podcasts on the walk home in the dark at night time. Yeah. But I don't listen to podcasts either on the walk home in the dark at night time because a similar thing might happen to me. And I know I'm not a sexual uh, 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 object. But do you think that? Yeah, of course. Oh, do you? Okay. But I think but it's, it's just pragmatic. a general safety it's thing, even in terms of robbery and stuff. You'd yeah, be thinking, course. no, you're of course. Vulner- more vulnerable. It's like... I just... No, obviously... I just like, I don't take my phone out I... in the city centre because, mm. like, I've had my phone, like, snatched out of my hand before. So I'm like once bitten I'm not I, I, or I if said, I do yeah I, well I suppose that's it you're thinking you're probably thinking about getting robbed but you're, you wouldn't be thinking of possibly like getting raped or no something. yeah and one analogy that really hit home with me and I said it to Claire when we watched it together on the Dave Chappelle special that's available on Netflix I can't remember which one it was it was one of the two he released yeah uh, around New Year's and he said that on a way home from a gig one time he performed this gig and some guy came over to him it was a really like sketchy like uh, uh, you know a publicity job and everyone was getting paid in cash and whatever and he said he was given a backpack and it had $20,000 in it I was like that's your pay for the gig oh my God. it was a big huge thing like yeah, for celebrities yeah. and all this kind of stuff it was like they're fucking you know, this cash now Dave on the sketch bag keep it there that's, that's your backpack that's your pay and he's yeah. like okay cool and Dave Chappelle said he got on the subway to drive home and he had this bag with 20 grand in it and only he knew what was in it but he was looking around and he felt that everybody on the subway and everyone on the street was looking at him like they knew what was in the bag and how valuable that thing that he was holding that was a secret. They, they all felt how valuable it was. And yeah. he felt that they wanted it no matter what. And he said that was the closest thing that I could understand 
to what a, a woman feels like just walking around the street, having something that some people want and will take by force no matter what you what yeah, you do. Yeah. He said that's the closest he felt to knowing what it felt like to be a woman, to have a bag with 20 grand in it that nobody else knew what was in it, but the fear of someone taking it off him. Like that's, that got me. I was like, shit, that makes sense, man. Fuck, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? Uh, I'll never understand what it. Do you think? I'm a big dude. No one really fucks with me. Like, um, I do get kids throwing eggs, but you know what? What do you do? I wouldn't. <laughs> Hit him a kick. I wouldn't want to be a guy. I'd actually hate it. Yeah. You'd have to tell your son he has. He, you I have like a willy. Being female, Big reveal. But there are uh, there. I think there definitely are certain things that you end up thinking about in terms of like, well, yeah, just one area would be public safety or, or you know, not public, you know, personal think, safety. Yeah. But I think guys have their own shit as well. But definitely, we're more vulnerable in terms of the murder, raping, sure stuff. That's you know. Where the go to for that? <laughs> and also, I yeah. think you know your. But boss guys seem to be great at suicide. You know, like we all have and attacking each you other. Can't yes. win them all. You can't win them all. No. So on that delightfully happy note, uh, <laughs> that's the end of those conspiracy guys no. for this time. Um, we were talking about Ted Bundy. If Ant we got wrong or left out, or you felt uh, that we, we didn't go deep enough. There's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of video evidence, long transcripts. If you are into it, if you are intrigued by the story of Ted Bundy, um, go go and check out our BitChute channel, bitchute.com slash those conspiracy guys. Uh, I don't think it'll last too long on YouTube, even though I found them on there today. Uh, that shit all gets taken down off YouTube now, so you have to be uh, kind of on your toes with that media. So we'll check it out on BitChute. It'll be on the website. Uh, the interviews before he got executed and uh, some of the documentaries that tell of his early life uh, are very interesting. The interviews are fucking bananas. Watching him squirm. There's like an hour and a half of one where he's talking to uh, uh, Bob Keppel and trying to describe his crimes. He's even so, he's so tentative to, to say the name of the girl. He's like traumatized reliving the, <laughs> reliving the crimes. He has to write her name down on a piece of paper. It's also over dramatic and weird. Uh, but you can check those out on bitshoot.com slash those conspiracy guys. Uh, I'd like to say thanks to uh, Emma and Julie. No, you have to say one more time. The G word. <laughs> thanks to the... <laughs> so I'd like to say thanks to the girls <laughs> for coming over and uh, spending an awful long time uh, on the stream recording uh, this episode and then chatting about some podcasting and stuff. I really hope that um, your, your podcast takes off like it deserves Thank to. Thank you so much, Gordo. And, uh, you're very good to have You're us. creating something real and I think you're two, you're two real bitches who don't fuck Up around. But you have a bit, you do have, you do, you do have crack. And I appreciate the show. Do we live here um, now? I know. It feels like it. <laughs> People like, leave here going like, oh my God. Was like, Emma was like, what do you think? And I was like, is my name Julie? This motherfucker worked hard for his podcast. This is crazy. Thank you, sir. Thank you for giving me a home. (laughs) Yeah, they're moving in. They were looking at the rooms, trying to move into the place. Them and two others. So, um, yeah, if you want to check out, if you want to check out their podcast, up to ninety podcasts on instagram um, and twitter and uh, they're on the head stuff they're going you're going to make your own website though soon right that's on the list happen. okay 
and uh, you can check them out on any good podcasting app. This episode was streamed live on YouTube to the people from Patreon, and they are the lifeblood of the show. Patreon.com slash Dose Conspiracy Guys. Thanks so much for your support. So if you want to watch the stream the next time, uh, head to Patreon.com slash Dose Conspiracy Guys, or you can find this podcast uh, anywhere that you find podcasts. And we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit as well. So thanks very much, Thank girls, you. for joining us. Thank you. had a great time. Yes, it was a good crack. <laughs> Long but good. That's how it goes. Aww, My name is Gordo. I'm Emma Dorn. And I'm Julie J. And we'll see you again. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye. Guys. Bye.